We are locked and loaded. And we're running. Oh, my God. We just chased Denise Smith out of the podcast. Uh, that was Mrs. Smith. You've heard about her from podcast before. She, she got delivered tonight. St. Smith. Because we'll see you, Denise. St. Smith. She's going to be canonized. <laughs> <laughs> Tolerating your Max. drunk ass. The, uh, Settle down. So, yeah, we got a... Uh, Dustin's been dropping them fast and furious, which is cool. Uh, just dropped podcast 148 today. Had a few comments already. Uh, mostly, I'm realizing I drunkenly invited everyone to the motorcycle show last year. Last week. <laughs> last year you did. Last week. Yeah, last week. Uh, but that how, many, offered, how many RSVPs did you get? A number. There's a certain number. More people had my cell phone number than I really thought did. I remember. Meet, what, us, meet us at the main gate. West entrance. No, no, no. no. Settle down. Listen to me. Yeah. Meet us at the main gate. I ain't going to meet the main gate. Because there is no main gate. Yeah, I could meet the main gate anyway. <laughs> South entrance, north entrance. Where no, we're gonna the be main doing, gate. Where we're going to be doing the exchange will probably be at the west entrance near the floating oh, orbital yeah. monolith yeah, 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 sculpture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The floating wheel sculpture. The um, wheel in the sky. The wheel, the wheel on the water that keeps on turning. Yep. So, yeah, so we have got a weird fucking thing. I know we always love the weather report, the week late weather report. So the week late weather report for Cleveland, Ohio is, it's goddamn near spring out there. Yeah. Indian winter, maybe? Indian winter? I don't know what you want to call it. It's going to be 60 degrees tomorrow. And partially sunny. Great. And on Sunday. Is it that as well? Yeah. And dry. Get the fuck out of here. So that means all day today. 12 calls of crashed motorcycles. (laughs) And tomorrow I'll have 20 calls of bikes that won't start. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be the, the name of the game. It's bikes that don't start and crashed motorcycles. Money, money. Yeah, yeah. So I get, get them all set up for Monday pickups. Be good to go. Yeah. Forward all my cell. Forward all my shot phone calls right to my cell phone, so I can pick those up. Because that'll be it. Tomorrow, everybody's gonna be like, "I don't take my bike out for a ride." And for the fifty percent of people whose bikes do start, they'll crash those. The other fifty percent, their bikes won't start, and I'll be picking them up on Monday for carburetor cleaning and fresh batteries. <laughs> so that's cool. Sounds like awesome. money to me. It's my job, man. It's what I do. Yeah, a hot day. A hot day in January is guaranteed for at least four or five crashes, and you know, eight or ten service calls. Yeah, that's how it works. But just like a just like a really warm Fourth of July or really warm St. Patty's Day is good for your business. Got that right? Because motherfuckers come in missing fingers all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna sew that shit back on for you. It's a holiday. Lacerations. Lacerations. Follow through injuries. Yeah. Follow through injuries and lacerations. Yeah, we can put stitches in your forehead. If you guys are warning about all the chomping you're probably hearing. Yeah, there's a lot of food on the table tonight. Chris Smith brought. uh, Chris, tell us what you brought. Yeah, yeah. Give us the rundown. Well, we brought. uh, We got beef sticks that are a. uh, What the hell's that? Way to sell. Like a jalapeno cheddar beef Jalapeno stick. cheddar. There you go. Thank you. Mr. Chris has been drinking. And thank you. We got some uh, cheese. Hey, Pete, get in the picture. Pete, get your ass in the picture. There you go. That's that. That's the closest thing we get to a drone shot is my extremely long one. All right. <laughs> we got a lot of uh, jerky. Go oh, jerky around. The recorder. Good friggin'. It's oh, called good friggin' jerky. Good friggin' jerky. Yeah, and we got it's like a jerky with a sprayed with like a piece of steak. It does we, look like a piece of steak. And we got two bags of cheese. A lot of cheese. So the rest of you guys go fuck yourself. And we Pete got plenty brought of food, in. Yeah. And Pete brought in pizza. So we got pizza. We got cheese. We got meat. We got oh, goddamn thing. I'm drinking out of the new extraordinarily limited edition Porco, um, ninety dollar tiki mug. 
Because that's how I roll. $90. It's a gorgeous mug. Man. And if you know the secret code, you can get it for $60. You should You should make sure you put a picture of that. And if you contact notes. me, I'll give you the secret code. Because everyone has your cell phone now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give it out. They're just sharing it. Yeah, it's Dark and Squirmy in there. Ooh. I can make you more dark. We got a little stuff in there for Dark and Squirmy. I'm feeling it, baby. Yeah. After I'm my the shit out of that you stuff. Can wet your, you can wet your whistle and try some of that Dark and Stormy. It's, it's a, well, it's not technically Dark and Stormy. It's a Verner's Dark and Stormy. Yeah. It's good. So it's cracking and Verner's. We got it's Dark, dark and Stormy's. We got Honey Browns. We got, we got sour, sour beers. <laughs> oh, man. This and is a, Lord knows what is else a, is in the fridge. ship of fools right here. <laughs> well, when they're on my car, get the hard-boiled eggs. Oh, and, God. Uh, Sweet a can Jesus. of beans. And we'll never have to leave. There's still scotch and bourbon in the fridge, too. So. Oh, yeah. And we just inaugurated Donald Trump, so we're just yeah. gonna leave. we're just gonna live here. That's Who? We'll just stay here. I don't know. We're hunkering down. I don't know. Did you bring the no. guns? Well, there's, yeah. We're <laughs> okay, okay, good. We're yeah. a little bit covered. We're okay. Yeah. So to my left is Chris. <laughs> His other left. <laughs> Pete Hempfling. <laughs> so to my left is Pete Hempfling, and to his left is Dustin Elliott, and to his left is Johnny Mac, and to his left Pete Hempfling. No, Chris Smith. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Pete. There we go. And your humble narrator, Phil Waters. Um, wow, this is good. this this one's going to go off the rails early. I predict. <laughs> Let's see if we can make it to the forty minute mark. That'd Get be this great. man a dark and stormy. That would be so cool if we could make it to the forty minute mark. So what I wanted to talk about was the well, first thing was news news items because you know we know victory went away, so that's a news item. Uh, Question. Gonna, yeah. What about Indian? Is still in, are they still in the game? They're all in on Indian. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Okay. They pretty so much pulled the carpet on victory in order to concentrate. Well, let's on talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so that's a good owned, idea. It's all owned by Polaris, correct? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Don't you think they should have done it the other way around? No. But I think the Indian has is, the... Uh, they're selling a lot more victories than they are Indians, aren't they? No. Indians got. I that. don't know. I'm at. It's a. It's a statement and a question. All along. Indians got the heritage brand recognition mm-hmm. right. to compete with Harley Davidson. Okay, so if you're going to keep one name, keep Indian. Been around longer. I think it says a lot about our market that it's better to have a fake name than a real product. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Explain yourself. It's easy. The Indian name Polaris has no actual tie to the Indian name. There's no, there's no engineer, there's no designer, there's no former vice president of the company, there's no grandson of the original developers of the Indian company. Continuity. There's no continuity. Right, there's no continuity, exactly. There's no continuity. There is no shred, there's no shadow of history or DNA that we can track back to Indian. They paid for the name and they bought the name. And they bought the name from a series of people who had managed to have failures with Indians. Uh-huh. And we all remember, we've all lived through the yeah. multiple incarnations of failing Indians. They're not I guess that's why I made my statement. To me, Victory is a much more successful brand from the get-go right. than Indian uh-huh. has ever been because it's had, it's been passed around and bought out. 20 and years. For, I was going to say, Victory's been around for 20 years. 20 years. And Victory is, to motorcycles, what, say, Saturn was to cars. You know, Excellent correlation. GM came up with the Saturn brand. Mm-hmm. They were going to try to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. They, they, they sold a lot of them. They did, and it was a relatively successful brand. But for whatever reason, they took it off the table, and that's what they do with Victory. I thought you were going to say Victories are made of plastic. It stalled out. It stalled out. It actually hey, hey, stalled hey, out hey, as a brand. Hey. Well, what I think is interesting is their innovation side of the house, despite they were all big V-twin cruisers, and they are were, 
But their innovation <clears throat> side of the brand, the Pikes Peak team wasn't on an Indian. The Pikes Peak team was on a victory. You know, that's like the land speed record thing was on a victory, not on an Indian. Now we understand, just like with GM, they're all they're all basically different badges of the same brand or the same house. But when they created Indian, we were all there. We were all in the motorcycle show. We saw how flash <clears throat> and retro and cool that Indian booth was, and millions of dollars invested in the Indian Hot side chicks. of the house. Everything, everything. Pictures of motorcycles from 1920 that had no DNA connectivity to the brand they were selling. Okay, And honestly, the same exact thing is being done with Triumph. If you're riding a yep. modern Triumph motorcycle, your Triumph motorcycle is not related <clears throat> to the original Triumph motorcycle other than one guy that still happened to be in the Triumph building left over from the old Triumph group cobbling together motorcycles being sold when they were purchased by a real estate developer. Okay, That's a very loose, very slivery, tiny, tiny grasp. Tenuous, tenuous grasp of the... Right. Maybe you could free. say they were on a feeding tube for a little sure. while. Sure. I could say that they... they. I don't know that... It's very difficult for somebody who liked or was very much attached to the old brand to see what's happening to the new brand. And the same is true if you like minis. If you're a mini car enthusiast and you like minis from the old days, you may not be totally cool with the BMW Mini. It may not represent the same ethos as the original. Or a Volkswagen Bug for any... And if you're a Volkswagen Beetle person... An old bug is nothing like a new bug. You may not care for the new Beetle. There's no progression through the years. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Totally different car. Totally different animal. So, Mm, the motor's in the wrong spot. Okay. So we have this kind of thing where the appreciation of the name is more important than the value of the technology. And Victory continued to produce things that were, I would say, the Victory Octane, which was a performance version of the Indian Scout. Considerably more performance, and for less money. So, which one of those children do you shoot? The one that is performance for less money, or the one that has the word Indian on it? Well, apparently you shoot the one that is performance for less money. You shoot the one that sells less. <laughs> right, you shoot the one that sells less, and that's what it comes down to. So if you, if you really... <laughs> keep building the victories and put Indian on them. Well, and that's what it is. So in my opinion, I think it is, it's a very stark reminder of not me, because I am not representative of the vast majority of American buying public, but as we also know, I'm also not representative of the vast majority of American people. I mean, I don't want to be identified as being the guy that wants the Indian more than I want the victory. Given my choice of the two, I'd rather have the real performance than the fake chrome. Well, and the vast majority would rather have a Harley Davidson over either one. I don't know. If you want to, yeah, go, if you want to talk that. about what's I don't mainstream. know about that. I, I, you there's, know out, there's outliers in the V-Twin crowd that don't want to associate with right. the Harley Davidson brand. Or they've been associating with them for 20 years and they're just sick of it. So, next week, a week from now... Mm-hmm. You go out to the motorcycle show. Now, yeah. what's going to be out there? Bikes, Indian. not victory. Indian will be <laughs> in full force. Well, yeah, Indian will be in full force because that's with, with Polaris's right. checkbook driving the right. bus. You, you piss with the dick you got, so you're going to have victory. Victories, all of victory's old checkbook got rolled into Indians. Hey, I'll tell you, it's probably a great time to buy a display, <coughs> a lightly used display. That victory <laughs> probably spent a lot of money on. Uh, the irony is the company was called Victory and it's lost. Uh, <laughs> that so, is actually the definition of irony. It is. And the company Victory couldn't survive. Uh, 
I mean, I'm kind of. You think it'll circle back around though? How? And 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 I'm going to continue to support Victory Brewing. (laughs) (laughs) Victory Brewing, Downington, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. no relationship with players. Purveyors, they make great beer. But I love Victory. And their logo is damn near stolen. Is it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah. Well, is it going to go out of business? Yeah, but they're going to keep the name. If, if they if they if they take it out of business, but never resell the name to anybody, then it will never come back. It won't be like a Buell where it right. can come and go or yeah. an Indian. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good point. Yeah, weird thing is, like, I don't know if it's just it wasn't sold. It's just going out of business. They're right. not making them anymore. Right. I don't know if or, it's just like a Northeast Ohio thing or what, but I see way more victories than I do Indians on the road. Well, victories had twenty years to get there. Yeah. Indians only, yeah, Victory's been around since the V92C was launched in 1996. All right. So it's a 20-year-old product. Right. And they've actually had quite a number of products. And it was always a big V-twin cruiser that actually had suspension underneath it. So who's doing the service for the uh, current owners? Well, the good news is in Cleveland, uh, I mean, in I, general, everybody's in general. pointing at me, but the point is they are... The Victory Motorcycles are a very well-designed brand that any service technician should be able to work on. There's nothing about those bikes that are hands-off. However. However, if you want to have the manufacturer working on your vehicle, in Cleveland we have a weird spot because our two Indian dealers were both run by American Heritage Motorcycle Corporation, which went out of business and took six dealers out when it did. That was their own story. There's a, there's their own drama that goes with that. But the point is that left Cleveland with no Indian operational Indian dealerships. However, we do have a Victory dealership that is alive and well over by Southeast Harley Davidson. That's part of that. So the service will automotive. be done by. You can get it done Victory. at your Victory dealer. Victory. I believe oh, oh, that State okay. Eight is that's, also that's still. One Isn't that a big Indian dealer on East Ninth and Carnegie? So it's Cleveland Indian. <laughs> oh, they deal maybe Indians. Yes, maybe right. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tito will get your shit wired right up for you. <laughs> yeah, t- tuning by Tito Francona. The, uh, but it is a big thing that if you're an owner of that brand, it is a bad thing. It's like being an owner of an Alpha in like 1994. You know, it's just one of those things where your how your your home your brand is just not there anymore. So as a person who may own a victory at this point. I do understand the sacrificing of victory to keep Indian alive. I do. And Polaris has had a lot of problems with side-by-sides. They've had a lot of lawsuits. They've experienced a lot of costs in the past couple of years. And <clears throat> keeping victory along just wasn't their game plan. Um, I'm pissed to see him go because my whole thing is, you guys know, I will always say that I don't necessarily love Harley-Davidson, but I love that there is a Harley-Davidson. Yeah. And I don't necessarily love Indian, but I love that there is an Indian, even though they're not my particular flavor of bikes. But I I always liked Victory. Victory, to me, was an interesting bike because they were, hey, uh, hey, we got something over here. It's, it's It's called performance. We've got some torque. We've got some horsepower. We've got some handling. We've got some suspension. And we're willing to go be competitive in weird grassroots racing. And that was kind of neat. I always dug that about Victory. I always thought Victory had a neat... They had a, a body style that was... Yeah, you're, you're selling a lot of Moto Guzzi's. An overgrown Vespa. That's true. Well, the, the goddamn the Victory Vision. Holy shit. Is that what, oh my God. Is that what Dell That's has? That's what Dell has. Yeah, yeah the Victory oh, my, Vision. I call it Starship Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> There's one on Craigslist right now. A Vision? I, well, just for the fun of it, I wanted, I wanted yeah. to look, take a quick... Snapshot 2017, January 1st, 2017. Mm-hmm. Victory announces going out of business. 
Let's look at the flood of victories hitting Craigslist and how much they're going for. State and then flash yeah. forward to a six Nothing. months to a year from now mm-hmm. and watch all those. You know, everybody's trying to unload one they're now at a decent right price. Now. But then the one was the Victory Vision, cheap. and it was you know the full bodywork one. The like what Dell it, has, yeah, like the mothership. Uh, the blade, or what's the one guy? Uh, the vampire killer, dude. Blade. Yeah, <laughs> just blade like, but this one has been updone. It has. Oh, really? It had all kinds of scroll work and stuff like that, and all intricate pinstriping to make it sort of look like I don't even know, like a Barbie bike. Got the. Are you sure it from... wasn't the Arlen Ness bike with the rainbow striping? No, this was. It, I mean, it said on there that they Mr. Camaro. Well, this was gray and like two tone gray, but with all these like little floor, oh, okay. florets and stuff yeah, on the on the scroll work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And it was the the Blade Special Edition. So that what was, was the price on it? Was the Milo like Pony 16500 or something like uh, that. It was about seven grand below where it should be. Right. I mean, if it was new, they're over twenty one. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. you look, it's not a fire sale out on there. Right? <clears throat> Everybody's still trying to get a decent price. It's yep. not, you're not going to buy a $4,000 Yeah, I mean, it is, touring it's out. definitely a news item, and it's one of those things that it, it's, it is indicative. This is a really fucking weird year if you're a person that is in the industry – because BMW and Ducati are both saying that they are up. BMW and Ducati are both... Every press release from those two companies is saying, we're up, we're up. The whole rest of the American motorcycle market is crying in their Cheerios, man. Everybody's down 2 3 4 5%. Those brands are up in the United States or worldwide. Well, that's the point. I did some research, and that's why I'm glad you brought that up. Because um, marketing is a real powerful thing. Like printing up some words on a piece of paper or your you know, Facebook page or whatever, you can get people to lean your direction, but you're not necessarily giving the whole story. And the whole story is that it is worldwide. So it's worldwide for both Ducati and for BMW, and I did some drilling down into it. And it's because of the Asian market. Both of those companies have units that are atypically built in countries they don't reside in. So, you know, you got Ducatis that are being made in India, and no small volume of them, a lot of them. And it's a very affordable Ducati. When you're, whether you're looking at the 400 Scrambler or the 800cc Scrambler, they're both atypical Ducatis. They're not expensive. They're simple, and they're made by people who aren't Italian at <laughs> cents per hour instead of euros per hour. Like that carburetor I had. Yeah. Not made in Japan. Right. Designed, Designed in Japan. Designed in Japan. Made somewhere <laughs> Designed else Designed in Italy. And that's really what it is, is when you're paying a certain number of rupees per hour versus paying a certain number of euros per hour, you can, build, you can sell the bikes a lot more cheaply. Well, when you're in the Indian market, you're going to sell a lot of bikes if you're in the Indian market. I don't care what you're selling. There's a lot of fucking Indian people. And when I looked at the numbers... And they mostly ride on two wheels as opposed to cars. They do. Yeah, absolutely. And no matter how well an Indian person is doing, um, they're always going to be buying motorcycles. And the Indian person that last year was buying a Kinetic or buying a Bejaj, this year he may be able to be buying a Ducati or a BMW. Because BMW and Ducati both have small displacement bikes now. We call small displacement bikes. Bikes that are under 400 cc's or under 500 cc's. And even though those bikes aren't selling well here, they're selling great in the rest of the world. We're not the target audience. We're not the target audience. We've missed the boat. Our manufacturers in the United States don't make those bikes for that size because they don't think there's any profit to be done because, once again, we're paying our laborers in dollars. And it doesn't make sense to build a motorcycle if you're going to build one for less than 1,200 cc's. So it's a really, really tough one. You look at it. 
I looked at BMW's numbers and Ducati's numbers, and they're not lying. Their numbers are up. But their numbers are up because they were smart enough to get into sub-500cc motorcycles that are built in areas where, due to the lack of tariffing, believe me, man, if you're building a bike in China and it's not being tariffed, having the shit tariffed out of it when it comes in, you can sell a lot of those. So in Asia, BMWs are selling great because it's still a status symbol. BMW is a status symbol. But if you can get a BMW that's made in your part of the world and get it cheap, you're going to buy one. Because you're going to look that much cooler than the rest of the guys riding their flingoos or whatever the hell it is, you know? So, what, if, what if your guy works at the factory and you're like, Johnny Cash, you get one piece at a time? One piece at a fucking time. <laughs> one yeah. piece at a time. Uh, yeah, that's... You know, your own BMW right there, bring it home in your lunchbox. We've had some Enfields, and I'm pretty sure we're built that way. Yeah. yeah, we had some Enfields come through the shop that I'm fairly certain that the front part of the bike was like an 08, and the back of the bike was like a 2010. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the holes didn't even line up. <laughs> the fender holes on that one bike were like off by an inch and a half. We're like, this was, this fender wasn't even meant to be on this bike. Believe yeah. me, no robots were harmed in the making of those bikes. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you look under a fender, and the top of the fender's chrome plate, and the bottom of the fender's primered, and there's blood on it. Yeah. <laughs> and little tiny fingerprints. <laughs> oh, yeah, the bikes are covered in fingerprints. <laughs> little tiny fingerprints. Yeah. It's like a signature. It's it like is. If you have a Ferrari, you know, like the guy that assembled your motor, he, he signs, signs it. it. You know, no, these guys just leave a little DNA print out oh, with yeah, their blood. Sure. It can be like, and this one was built by Ravi. Yeah, they're all built on dirt floors too. Yeah, welded together with a obviously a stick weld. Clearly welded with a stick weld hanger because there's still pieces of the stick hanging out of the weld. <laughs> the dirt floor things. That's funny because I have a friend who's a mechanical engineer. He travels to um, Asia frequently, and uh, he said he was there. He's in the bicycle industry, but he was there, and they were making these aluminum castings in a, a foundry that had a dirt floor. Yeah, and he said there's these. Beautiful aluminum castings coming out, and they were for something Porsche, like a yeah. control arm or something. And he said, cast right into it, it said, made in Germany. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. well, he said he was in Thailand or Taiwan or something, but uh, he was over there supervising these bicycle part production. Hey, they copied the mold. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, he the mold was made in Germany. Yeah, they said he was spitting these parts out for Porsche. They said, uh, made in Germany, stamped right into the casting. Built right into ca- the casting. Right oh, there the was casting. the one Facebook thing where the guys are... Building this big, they start out with a big block of steel and it's red mm-hmm. hot, and they did it. And they have this huge, like outdoor. I don't even. It's like a, it's a hammer, but it's yeah. just this big thing on, on like a tripod, like a big okay. thing. And there's like five or six guys, and they just all have like pokers, and it goes, and they go, do this, do that, pile do that. They, yeah, it's a huge pile driver outside, okay. and they pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. Then the guy grabs the thing and he puts it in the middle, and knocks a hole in the center. Then they like get it. They get a forklift. There's two guys with a forklift. Yeah. They wrangle it up onto a thing. Then could you could you could you? They form it into this ring. Then the guy brings it down. He has this little block on a stick and could you puts a puts a shoulder onto it. Like they all hand form this huge eight foot round ring, and then they then they roll it inside and put it on a lathe and turn it out. And it's like and where the hell was this? I don't know. Asia, India, some China. Wasn't like, in Detroit. No, no, no. I mean, it was just like what, what yeah. was it for? I mean, it looked like it was some industrial application. I oh, mean, it could have been like a, co- and then, you know, then they t- yeah. after they hand formed it, these right. guys just outside in yeah. bare air, you know, yeah. like yeah. 
They, they brought it we'll in, and then it they, close. they you guys finish it off in the. Factory. Well, they made the blank outside, and yeah. then they rolled it in, Jesus and they put Christ. it on a huge lathe, yeah. and then cut it out and drilled holes all the way around it. It was like a flange or something for a pipe that was eight for per- a huge thing. Yeah, and the point is that they really didn't use any modern devices to build it. They used a bunch of fucking dudes out in the sun. Six dudes just hanging around, all press. very skilled. Each dude had like a. Big, long, steel rod, and that's mm-hmm. how they handled the whole thing. Two guys would go together and hold it up on end while this huge press goes, bam, bam, Oh, the shop bam. supervisor, Stumpy, the old-timer. Oh. He's got nothing left but beneath the elbows. I mean, there, right? was, a, there was one. But he, and he's like, he's the oldest guy there. He's like 23. There would be a phenomenal <laughs> amount of energy that's coming down and slamming this thing while you're less than yeah. ar- your arm's length away, oh, yeah, touching man. it while it's going, kabam, kabam, kabam. And the guys on the tow motor at one point, I mean, like, they have the forks on the thing, and yeah. they're turning it while it's getting beat. And I mean, like you must be just like, <laughs> and and that's a fucking ballet. Like everybody there has got to do their job perfectly, or somebody dies. Well, and all the kinetic energy generated by the pressing action generates tons of heat. Too. Oh, sure. Well, and then the other, yeah. well, that's the other video. Like you think about an old steam engine. When you go look at like, I was if you go up to the Henry Ford or whatever, oh, yeah. they have that huge steam engine. That was all built by hand. Right. Teams of guys. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. three dudes. Like, it'd be like, we pull this junk out, and then it's, it's cast. It's a rough cast. And then we lift it up. And then, like, at one point, there's, like, they're picking up the piece, and six guys are sitting on this arm balancing the thing as they bring it over here and set it down here. And, like, it's pretty amazing what got accomplished before we had computers and robots. And before we had CNC, and we were just laying shit out. You know, and that was it. You'd build a prototype. You'd build one. Hand fit. And you'd build everything hand fit based on that one. And, I mean, a whole lot of fenders were built in this world using wooden bucks. Yeah, exactly. You know? Looking at a boiler. The English way. That's what put them out of business. Japanese came out with robots. (laughs) Japanese came out and said, really, I can make 20,000 of those fenders in the time it takes you to make 10 of them. A huge boiler not welded together with electricity. Like, sheets of metal overlapping Mm -hmm. with rivets pounded yeah. And then yeah. pound the edges until they're sealed. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's bizarre. And it can handle two, 200 PS, you know what I mean, steam boiler. Yeah. Until somebody dies, and then you yeah. just build another one, yeah. That's it. Oh, Speaking yeah. of giant presses, has anyone seen the YouTube channel where they smash different things? Oh, yeah. Hydraulic press? The hydraulic press channel. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a Russian guy or Ukrainian it, or something. Uh, yeah. fin- Finnish. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Same thing. It is all for today. Genius. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, him and his, him and his <laughs> wife are hilarious, awesome, man. Yeah. They, they're they, great. They crush them really They're starting cool. to put things in a vacuum so, now, too. Okay. They are. Well, they so have. The vacuum they, chamber is hilarious. They have another channel called Beyond the Press. Oh, Beyond the Press. Where they do other stuff that doesn't necessarily involve the hydraulic press. Oh, okay. Oh, I love the road grinder like where it has like there are two spools and they have hammers on them and you could just throw a whole car in there and it'll just like oh god that thing scares it just scratches it up and then like the engine block will bounce around for a little and then it gets a bite on it and then Those chops through those accidentally falling into that? those rotary hammer strippers are just amazing and that's like the the uh the old time washing machine drums that they use for wood for, uh, in the forest industry, because uh-huh. everything in the forest industry is just fucking deadly dangerous. Oh yeah, well that's Brilliant. a forestry giant, a forestry mulcher on a oh, on so a big cool. arm, and you just take a whole tree and yeah. go. Everything, everything in that entire industry is just delightful to watch on YouTube videos. Yeah, because it's just like oh boy, yeah, yeah. That's that's how proof that you'll never have a zombie apocalypse because the entire forestry industry is just built for that. 
That's a, that's oh, what, can you imagine okay. having one of those in a zombie raid? When it, Game over. If well, it cuts down 2,000 trees an hour, it'll have no problem I'm waiting the population for the, of an average size city. We that's need to look for you. Walking one. Dead, it will be awesome when it finally evolves to that. Like, yeah. not this little stab in everybody, but now we're like, <laughs> fuck this. We need a whole style right. industrial... Yeah. Final solution. We're going to like build <laughs> We're gonna build Final a factory solution. that we just lure them yeah. all in and it grinds them into a fertilizer right. and have these vehicles that are yeah. converted combines. Like, that's what I... That's where it, that's the level they need to take it to. Now. Yeah, they always sit around having cocktails because nobody needs to have a real job anymore. Just drive, go kill <laughs> that's me. It. That's exactly it. Well, what are you doing? Well, well, I don't know. We kind of put ourselves out of work here. <laughs> We're have to go back to building a society. It's job efficiency. That sounds fun. The uh, our podcast topic for tonight. <laughs> I was thinking the same. The homework <laughs> half uh, an hour in. The homework was to find a motorcycle, and we're just going to go around the room. And you got to give me two bikes. You got to give me your one thousand dollar bike and your three thousand dollar bike. And the reason I did one thousand and three thousand is basically we had a an email from one of our podcast listeners who said, um, "I am buying my first bike, and I can either buy a sub one thousand dollar bike." Because that's how much money I literally can lay my hands on right now that isn't committed to baby diapers or electric bill. I want a motorcycle, but I really have a $1,000 discretionary budget to play with. Or, he says, he can get $3,000, but it'll take some convincing of the missus. (laughs) So he can do one thousand straight bitch. ahead, no problem. One thousand dollars right out of his pocket. Nobody's going to miss it. The kid won't suffer one day of hardship. The new baby. Uh, but if he does three thousand dollars, how much better is his life going to be? Because he's got to go ahead. His, you know, he's got a young family, but he said he he wants a motorcycle, and his he's got one of the most noble noble causes to have a motorcycle ever. He sold his car, and she sold his car to buy a modern, safe minivan. So he's going to be a, a full-time motorcyclist. Now, fortunately, he lives down south, so he can do that. But They're going to share the minivan on the weekend. They're going to share the minivan for the transportation of child number one and child number two. You got the family trucks, Jordan, right. and you got his... And he's going to have a freedom machine. <clears throat> uh, yeah. now, now, are we allowed to kill off a child? <laughs> we can't work that into the budget. Okay, yeah. well, I just wanted to see what, that, what, what the parameters were. Yeah, we can't have that be a variable. On Those the things are worth good money. You sell it. <laughs> sell it off. Sell it and buy the, a Gucci. Uh, but, yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's a pretty good one. And I did give it, that's why I wanted it to be a podcast topic, because the email was kind of interesting. Because I can understand that. He's not, a, he's not an idiot. He's trying to be responsible. He's got his family, but he still wants to ride motorcycles. He might be an idiot. Well, he idiot. might be. He listens to our podcast, which tells you right there. <laughs> Taste. Is an issue. I'm going to go on record right now. Yeah. $1,000. You can pick up a 1970-something Honda, small mm-hmm. Honda. Yeah. Even up to a 750 if you're lucky. If you find a... Yeah, well, you'd be lucky to find one. Yeah, but yeah. a 450, a 550, whatever. Yeah. Uh, even a CB200 or something. Uh, fi- uh, or the you're 400. What the you're CB saying is single yeah. overhead. They, they practically are giving those away. Any of the single overhead cam Hondas is what I was. Th- when you sent it to me, I was thinking yeah. like, oh, what would I want? Ideally, I, if I could find a CB750, yeah, for under a thousand, even if it needed work, especially I would probably look for one not even running, whatever. Right. But if it was mostly mostly all there, I don't need original paint. Maybe right. I repin it myself. But that would be a good bike. 
because it's as that bike you can take it on the highway. You can yeah. it holds its own. It, and it, even when they're bad, parts are plentiful. Parts are very plentiful, very and affordable. Huge network of support. You yep. know, there's plenty of guys oh, God, there's know more how to work books on right it and help, you out, else, help yeah. you out. With I like the carbs on them better than the five fifties and the oh, you know yeah. what I mean the, or the four hundreds and stuff. If you can get a single overhead cam CB seven fifty pre CV carbs, yeah, then you're <clears> in business. Yeah. Because that's a carburetor you can rebuild for the rest of time. Yeah. Parts are easy to get. You yeah. don't have to worry about the, the boots, the diaphragms. Electronic ignition is under 300 bucks. Oh, yeah. run, but you can run the points that are $35. Well, but you, you know, can get into the bike and get it running. You can get in the bike and run it. <laughs> and then it, down the road you can uh, It may be a little bit unrealistic on. to think that you could find a CD750 for okay. under 1000 at this Ow. point. It's going to be a non-runner. It's not going to have original paint. It's yeah. not going to have original pipes. It's probably going to have a rip seat. might sure. be a little rusty, and yeah. it probably hasn't ran in a while. But I, you can be almost guaranteed that you can resurrect that thing. And be able to take it out in the highway and drive 70, 80 mile an hour. I would all say day the long. two biggest things to look for would be any evidence that it ran somewhat recently mm-hmm. and a title. A title Just is, to I mean, save yourself an ass ache. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a given. Because you can get a title from Vermont or whatever, but it is kind of an ass ache. If, you, if it's got a title, realistically, if it doesn't have a title, you get a lot more buying power that way. Yeah, that's a good negotiating. It's a point. great negotiator. You know, you might. Yeah, you're you're willing to spend. It the depends time. on what state you're from. It depends on where you're yeah. from. You know what I mean? They said Alabama is really easy. To get yeah. If you're from Alabama, then come buy one from up come here. Come buy one. Yeah, no shit. Just I would you know go what? on Craigslist and type no title. No and title. I'd be, I'd be hauling them down because you know it's going to have no miles on it because it's Cleveland. Oh yeah, and you know no title means nobody wants to touch it. So yeah, I would buy it up here and haul it down there. That's a really good idea. That's a fantastic idea. So you're gonna go, yeah? You're gonna go seventies JV, yeah, seventies Honda. That's my thousand dollar bike, yeah. I think that's, and that's not Wait. too unrealistic. And I, we've I, bought them that way. I'm not trying to hijack, but because uh, yeah. I'm kind of on the you same page. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of that, that was where I was at. You're but then I was agree. thinking, yeah. and it depends on what his acumen is. Right. Gold wings. You find a lot of gold wings, like yeah. for like five under five hundred. Yeah. There's your title. It's been sitting there, but you have to be willing to tackle gold wing carburetors. If you haven't worked on bikes, if you haven't worked on bikes before, that's going to be a would, very steep learning curve for I you. I would dive into virtually any problem CB750 can have, but I would fucking run away from most problems a GL1000 can have. Yeah, you know, and it's just. But at the end of the day, right. if you can manage, you'll have one heck of a bike that you could ride. I think there's a lot more resources for the CB750. Yeah, I think there's a lot easier to obtain parts which are more affordable. Yeah. for the 750, and there's a lot of go rounds too. And I think you'll get more money if you decide yeah, to dump you it to decide to and go to the three thousand dollar bracket. You spend a little time and money and turn yeah. it up and clean this up and yeah. get it running, clean the chrome. So maybe some thousand dollars. Collect it, get the, get a set of side panels for it and put it put together and get yeah. it <clears throat> somewhat nice looking. Maybe do your little cafe on it if you want, depending on what you want. Yeah. You're more likely, if you take a non-running CB750 and just make it running, Right. you've already probably put oh, 500 to $1,000 in, in yeah. your pocket. You doubled your money easy. The uh, I'm I'm saying that I've got, um, I've got one in my backyard right now that if somebody showed up and gave me $1,000 for it, and it's a bike that RWP, man, it ran when parked. And it's got red turn signal lenses, so it's collectible. And it's in the backyard. Somebody wants to give me a grand for it, come and take it. I got a title. And that's a good a bike that is an easy project because it was running. You know, it was running recently. The uh, So that's a good sub-1,000. Chris Smith, do you have any one sub-$1,000 well, recommendations? Yeah, you know, and it's, it's all what's out there. Yeah. You know, you never know. So... Um, I recently saw a, uh, a big dog <laughs> s- scrambler. 
What? Yeah, a big dog scrambler is out there. And I uh, need to see a picture of back that. The, back the truck up. <laughs> and it's it's there's there's not much demand for it. I but uh, is it Chinese? Well, you know it's hard to say because uh, it's Chinese if it's hard to say. Well, you know it's hard for to understand, but but the big dogs it's out there. It's Chinese and. Uh, have fun with that. You know, they haven't had a, lot of, a whole lot of sales on the scrambler side. The big D? You no, know, they got the high pipes. Oh. And uh, The big D with high pipe? Yeah. And there's a lot of burns going on. And, okay. Uh, it's my so, nickname, Big D with big a high pipe. Big D, high pipe. So they're, so they're easy to pick up. <laughs> they're, they're, they're thick on the ground. That's and, a two-stroke, though, right? Yeah, actually, actually, it's a seven-stroke. That's a one-pump jump. When your sea height's at 16 inches, but your pipe's height is at 31 inches, that's a you're one. really going to have a hard time selling that motorcycle. That's a one-pump jump. <laughs> well, you got to price it right. <laughs> okay, apparently, apparently Chris Smith has been sent here by Wheel Nerds to sabotage our podcast. <laughs> the... Uh, uh, who? There's a podcast called Wheel Nerds I listen to. Right? I could keep going with other $1,000 bikes. I mean, I had a whole list of them. Most of them revolve around Honda. Go ahead. I mean, a CX-500. Yeah. If yeah. that had to be your own, yeah. if you just wanted a bike that you needed basic transportation, wow. yeah. easy to get running, yep. as long as the CDI isn't fucked up on it, right. you're good to go. Yeah, that's true. You might have to do it. The worst is maybe have some issues with the water pump or something, which anybody should really be able to tackle. Yeah, clean you, everything out. Look at a manual yep. and re- watch a YouTube video. They're easy to replace. I mean, I've never heard of problems with the shaft drive on those or anything nope. like that. No nope. carburetor stick right out. You can work on the carbs and that traditionally that valve adjustment's real easy and stuff. Yeah. Like that's that. a motorcycle that there's no reason that bike can't go a hundred thousand miles. Yeah, it's so a Honda Guzzi. It is a Honda Guzzi. It's a Honda. That's exactly Guzzi. right. It's a water cooled Honda Guzzi. The uh, you won't get any style points. It won't be cool. No, oh. it depends what you want. Do you want to go fast and look cool, or right. do you want? But you'll get to work every day. Hey, you know start what? Every day when you're on a thousand dollar budget, it's implied. You just want to get there. Yeah. Take you know. the thing and load it up with bags. I mean, it depends yeah. how far you got to go, too. I mean, are you just going to? In fact, you could probably find one loaded you, with bags. Go. Oh yeah, no, it'll Tons cost you more to get one without bags. Believe me, yeah. when you're talking about all that fucking early '80s shit. Same with that CB750. Yeah. If you find one that's just buried, parked in somebody's garage, yeah. it's been repainted and has all kinds of bags. The on more it, white fiberglass fall bags in love are on with it, it, the better. You might love it if it's your only vehicle. Every extra white fiberglass bag is an extra 30 years of ownership's Well, if it's your only vehicle and you want to stop (laughs) at the grocery store and stuff like that, you might want to just leave it as a fucking old man fucking... There's nothing wrong with that. I will admit, driving that stupid... I highly recommend tearing all that shit off when you go to sell it, but... Driving that Road Glide Ultra around, I will admit that there was a certain elegance to being able to pull up somewhere and do a week's worth of grocery shopping on a motorcycle. (laughs) Uh... I never use the side bags in that motorcycle. The tour pack, the top case on that motorcycle is so large, and the fact that it opens up literally like a camper top. Yeah. Um, it, it. I never use the side bags. It can eat ever. anything. It really does. It's it well. Was, how much? Take it all. How bitch. many people are you shopping for? Just me and little lady. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah little ladies. So. Yeah. Dr. Well, Waters. and two cats. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, fuck the cats. Right. Goddamn. The. Uh, well, she drinks a lot, right? So there's a couple cases of beer in there. At least. No boxes of wine. Come on. She's a classy lady. She's a kind of swa. The. But yeah, thousand bucks I think is good, and for a CX500, obviously, 
Cheapest you can, shit to you run. can find those. Yep. Maybe even running and ready to ride for under a thousand. Oh, I know people that would probably pay you twenty five or thirty dollars just to get it out of their backyard. See what I'm saying? Yeah. No, you do not. <laughs> You're making that up. That's a. That you is don't a, know Phil. It is a truly detestable. He makes a lot of shit up. No. I still have an ascot over at his garage. I haven't picked up yet. It's right there. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, I'll make you a deal on that. The. Uh, and that is, like, there are a lot of those bikes. That was where I was going to go to next, yeah. Ascots. Ascots. There's Ascots like out there. The Ascot. What's an Ascot? Yeah. A single, well, well there's two different Ascots. There's the no, FT and... it's got a butthole. Uh, <laughs> what's an Ascot? It's a donkey's bed. Uh, a butthole. Uh, <laughs> it's where, uh, you, it's where your ass goes to but sleep but at night. You know I know what an Ascot is. I don't. Dustin? You, know, you fell for that. What I think is funny is that Honda, in their complete lack of creativity... Created two entirely different motorcycles and named them both Ascots and overlapping <clears throat> timelines, which is the dumbest thing ever. You could have a V twin 500 Ascot or a parallel, no, single 500 Ascot. I'm going to trump you right here. Yeah. They had the um, Honda Odyssey. It's a minivan. It's also like yes. a supercharged go kart. Yes, it thing. is. It is a dumb go kart. <laughs> <laughs> Were they, did they overlap? I don't know. I don't know if they overlap. Like so, no. But you know what? I don't care. But it is a. That's like that use of the term. It's like Honda couldn't pay to use a different word. Yes, like they run, ask run out of words in the dictionary right. or something. And it's just like they're both 500. Well, we already got this word. One's Unless a V-twin, one's a single. That won't be confusing at all. <laughs> one's shaft drive, one's not. That won't be confusing at all. And we're going to both do them in that similar flat tracky style. So that won't be confusing at all. Yeah. <laughs> I got an ascot. Well, that tells me half of the story. That guy Which got one? fired. <laughs> I hope he did get fired. Yeah, are you douchebag? What are you doing, yeah. after the last? The other thousand dollar bike, which you know, I was well, thinking the FT of... bothered me about the Ascot because the FT, FT, mm-hmm. on a VT five hundred Ascot, what's the T stand for? Uh-huh. Twin. Okay. On the FT five hundred Ascot, what does the T stand for? Thumper. Exactly. Tits. <laughs> 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 okay, so go ahead. <clears throat> well, I don't know, like a Buell Blast, but nah. I can't make myself like this. Yeah. I can. I, I still can't. But you'll get a. You could probably get a running one for about a thousand bucks. No problem. Yeah. I can't. I just. I've It'd never probably had, be a pretty reliable bike too. No, not based no? on my customers' experiences. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Based on the people who bring them into the shop. <clears throat> no, not at all. <laughs> no. We'll chuck that one. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I believe that the Buell Blast seems to have its its real problems lie in the carburetor, which is a like a Kimco scooter carburetor, and. Uh, there's a lot of carburation problems, and there's some weird electrical gremlins that seem to be going on in every fuel blast that comes in. And it could just be we've only worked with five or six of them, and the five or six that we've worked with are just shit-boxed. They're just shit-hammered. Maybe they're the greatest bike ever, but the ones that we tend to work on, they just don't seem to be old enough to be having the problems they're having. Yeah. You know? Are there $1,000 XF650s anywhere sure out there? Are. Sure are. Especially if you're willing to get late into the mid-'80s. And get those unattractive ones with like the pinwheel wheels and shit. Yeah, I was like, gonna say that cast wheel. That kills cat. A lot of that stuff was. I that, sold one for seven hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, a lot of that mid '80s stuff was pretty. It ain't pretty, but you can get a lot of bike for not very much money. You can get into the XS six fifties and eight fifties. Yeah. Carb work on those is kind of a pain. They're, they're, yeah. they're petcock. If you stuff. have your choice between an XS six fifty and problems with the voltage regulator. Yeah, you're better off with a six fifty. It's just a, everything's easier to work on. They built a shit ton more of them for a longer range. The XS six fifty has been around since 
the late 60s going all the way till like a week ago you know like they just at some point in the early 90s that the parallel twin 650 yamaha trickled off mm. it just it, they just stopped making it is sparky back there yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was. I heard yeah. music and but I saw his car. That 650 platform Yamaha Parallel Twin, the copy of a Triumph. They built so many of them, and there's so many websites that are dedicated to keeping them alive, and people that are building parts today that'll keep that motorcycle alive. So if you own one, if you're lucky enough to own one that's before '76 or so, you got a stylish motorcycle. You got a motorcycle that has a lot of cool looks to it. If you got a later one into the early and mid '80s, it may be like. Smoky and the Bandit swoopiness to it and may have gold rims or whatever and various differences of the Midnight Special or the Golden Special or the uh, Golden Shower or whatever the hell they <laughs> versions of the 650 they did. But Trump's favorite bike. Trump goes to Russia. They did a lot of versions of that 650 motor. It's a hell of a lot easier to work on than any of the triples or the, you know, the 850 or anything else. I'm going to tell you to stay away from Kawasaki because the only Kawasaki's that are in the thousand dollar range or the four hundreds, the four forties, yeah. and the seven fifties right. twins, yeah. which I'm not a fan of any of those. Yeah. You might be somebody yeah. at this table can stick up for them if they want to. They're certainly not as easy to get yeah. parts for. I'll tell you that. Yeah, if you go Suzuki, yeah. Suzuki, maybe like a GS five fifty yep. or a GS seven fifty. If you're willing to, if you want to work on a rack of carbs, again, I would say keep the cylinder count low. When you go to a four can, banger, yeah. the only thing I would say is that's negated the on the CB. The CB seven fifty <laughs> makes up for all of that because you could probably get it running by just popping the bowls out yeah. because it has the clips. Go from the bottom. There, up. You can almost yeah. clean those carbs in the bike without oh, yeah. even taking Absolutely. them out. I mean, yeah, that's there, an easy one to maintain. But so I think that's a good run of sub thousand dollar bikes. What I would tell you is, just you know, avoid, avoid. Don't go after anything that's like, well, you know, I don't know, man. This is a two thousand and nine, and it's a Zongshen two fifty, or it's a Vento two fifty, or it's a, you know, even a Kimco Vinox two fifty, um, which was a good bike. <clears throat> I would say avoid it because parts support. You know, well, if you could live on a buddy, if you could find a thousand dollar buddy. Oh, if you get into the scooter class, oh, there's a buddy over there that got <clears throat> shoehorned around a shop the other day for five hundred bucks. Yeah, I would. I could you, if I had to ride a bike to the end of the world, a buddy might be. It would be on my list. I, <laughs> as weird as weird as it is to say that, a one thousand dollar used buddy one twenty five. I can pick it up. I can carry it. I can drag will it. Take you probably <laughs> more actual traveled miles than you can, any of the you other can afford it across about. a river. <laughs> you just gotta commute across town, or you right. gotta get on the highway yeah. and go thirty it's miles true. down the road. Oh, I rode true. my buddy on the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, there, it is a very interesting. That's an interesting conundrum. So now I'm going into three thousand. Hey, I didn't get my one thousand. Oh well, go ahead. Yeah, we well, were just I, we weren't going roundy roundy. Oh, I, I thought we were doing a roundy here. Yeah, kick it in. Um, first thing I thought of because of all my extensive research, uh, looking up my DRZ. Yeah, Durpex Dual Sports. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Only I thing, mean, the only thing with that is the only one that I can really tell you that you will be able to buy. For one thousand, for one thousand dollars, is like an XT three fifty, an older one. Anything other than that, <laughs> <laughs> lightly crashed, lightly crashed. <laughs> but you're not, or maybe like a DR two fifty that you're lucky enough mm-hmm. that somebody still kept the title on. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I. But saw, you're not going to get a DRZ. I will tell you that. No, no, no. You won't get a DRZ four hundred. But <laughs> what I, was I, I saw my XT four in Mid Ohio. Like. Uh, I think. Well, I, you were you were highballing. I, I think, was asking I think twelve. That, yeah, like twelve. Yeah. I was asking twelve, but I would have taken seven. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, that's real. Uh, that's I mean, not. an older XL two fifty. I was thinking the XLs. Yeah, but yeah. I was thinking the XLs. But yeah. They lose the. T- they're hard to find them with the titles. Mm-hmm. I'm you, just saying, if you're willing if you to could. buy a we're non-runner ta- with the ta- title, we're talking you can get perfect, an XL two fifty. Perfect world here. Like or if you could get it with, but with the title. I mean, I there. saw them when I was trying to find my my supermoto. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at any dual sport yeah. that was on freaking Craigslist. And I will tell you, I did XD350 that for a long time. He's actually a pretty fucking good motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, I was, I was finding... I'm like, not knocking it, but that's the only one you're going to find in a $1,000 range. Hell no, man. I was finding tons of them. Yeah. Okay, Chris, what else were you finding besides XD350? By the microphone. Um, oh, I mean, XRs... Uh, oh, XRs and Street Legal. XL. Oh, XL, I'm sorry. XL, XL what? Uh, I think it was 250. Yeah. An XL250, yeah, but I'm telling you, a lot of those don't have titles, or it's going to be non-running if it's under a It's a harder beat. I mean, I have been looking at dirt bikes for the past couple of years just to have If you find me a running rideable XL250 that's in original, anywhere near original condition. I think where we live, too, those bikes never never really sold that well here versus if you go down south or out west or something. We we just don't have a lot of them. It's really funny. I have been looking for an electric start dirt bike mm-hmm. for a long time and i mean i'm i mean i can go to the dealership and buy one right now but i don't want to spend four thousand dollars on it i want a cheap bike that i can practice wheelies on i mean i messed up when i sold my dr hours. i sold my dr250 for yeah. 800 bucks i should have just kept it in my garage i didn't really need the money that yeah. bad but that was a nice electric start yeah. decent suspension oh, it yeah. was a 250 you could take it on the high. Was it street legal? Street legal. Oh, yeah. I had street a plate legal. on it. See, everything. Yeah, yeah. Sold it for under a thousand. Yeah. Well, I I feel like I kind of I let that go. You too might cheap. have let it go too cheap. It is tough here, particularly. It is. It's absolutely. We don't have the dirt market that provides us with enough used dirt bikes to make that thing happen. Right. Um, well, you get a lot of used dirt bikes, but you don't get anything with a title. <laughs> no, nothing with a title. Nothing that hasn't been blown up six times. Usually, by oh, the time I love that. Oh, the Craigslist. Oh, oh brand new top end. Yeah. 6,000 miles or six miles ago. Six miles ago. That's every fucking dirt bike on Craigslist in, in Cleveland is it's recently been blown up. You know, and it's hilarious because we had that guy bring the one Just to the rebuild. shop. The, oh, the, God, guy yeah. brought, the guy brought a dirt bike into the shop that was a modern four-stroke, uh, and it was a, a 250 yeah. Honda. And uh, so it had everything you'd want to have. Like, it was a perfect... Was that was that the XLR or F- F- Yeah, I can't remember exactly, but it was modern and it was a four stroke Honda. But yeah. it had just been rebuilt and it wasn't running. Oh C F R. CFR, yeah. Yeah. So CFR. And uh yeah, so CRF. Brings this thing in and and he's like, Yeah, this guy just rebuilt the motor for me, charged me seven hundred bucks, and it's not running. <clears throat> and I said, Great. Do you know what I'm gonna charge you? Fourteen hundred. You're better off going back to the person who charged you $700 and demand you do the work correctly than it is to pay me to open up and determine where he fucked up. And I will open it up and I will determine where he fucked up, but you're going to be paying me again. As opposed to, like you said, you ran the bike for maybe 25 minutes after he rebuilt the motor. So go back to him and get your fucking money back. And the kid was selling it. Or have him fix it. The interesting thing was... It was a young man selling it, you know, maybe 19, 20 years old. And then his dad found out. So his, the kid, obviously the dad paid to get it rebuilt. The kid realized he blew it up again. Dad was going to be pissed. So the kid was going to try to sell it to me for like eight or 900 bucks, whatever. So I was <laughs> thrilled because I'd buy that thing in a second for eight or $900. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, it's got the word 2000 
in the title. <laughs> you know, it's it's from this fucking century. Right. So that's cool on a dirt bike with extremely low hours on it. So I was willing to buy it. It was clean. It was nice. I said, look, I will fix it for $700 or I will buy it from you for $900. And the kid was like, yeah, I'll sell it to you. Well, then dad found out. <laughs> dad wasn't cool with that at all. So dad had probably just spent seven or $800 having it fixed so Junior could go out and blow it up again. I don't think Junior blew it up again. I think the, the build was bad. Yeah. I think it was a bad build. I think it, to be right, I talked to the father and I said, look, man, you just got to take it back to who did the work. And insist they do the work correctly. Don't tell him Junior was riding it. Tell him you were riding it. Tell him the bike went 30 minutes and blew up and locked up. Because it did. It was totally locked up top end. So that tells me it was built incorrectly. So there you go. But it was probably not done at a shop. It was probably done for lowest bidder. Which means you're <laughs> fucked and out in the cold. <clears throat> Think about that. Next time you have a motor built, you may not want to do it from Uncle Harry's best friend. Who says he's been building lawnmower bricks and stratons for years. And he can totally handle your Kawasaki. Unless you bring it over to my house. <laughs> the, uh, but, yeah, that's a tough... The the 1,000 cc around here on a dirt bike is tough because everyone I've gone to look at that was under 1,000 was junk. Anybody around here who's selling a dirt bike under a grand is usually a junk bike. And in the case of, like, my XT, it's a great bike. I use the term great because I'm the one selling it. But it's an average bike, but it has no title. So it runs great. It starts great. We drove it all over mid-Ohio. We let everybody who wanted to ride the bike. But it has factory original 80s tires. Some people could start it. Some people couldn't. One person couldn't couldn't start it. Was that her (laughs) name, Liza? Liza, Was the one? Yeah, that girl. girl Who who couldn't start it? That girl who just couldn't start the XT. It was the weirdest thing. Everyone else could start it. Knock was a first kick wonder. Knock Never took more than one kick to start that. He was almost started by sucking on the tailpipe. I did twice. <laughs> I tried to prove it was a, a good proper. Hey, maybe pressure. Eliza should have tried that. No, she doesn't know how. She's not built for that. <laughs> not built for that. No, it's just not in her DNA. <laughs> not going to do it. No, she's she can lick the airbox. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dustin. Drop Mike. Go home now. <laughs> <That was it. laughs> Sorry, Eliza. <laughs> I don't care. That was fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> Bad boys. <laughs> hey, funny's funny. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, think I hurt something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I think oh, I need another story. Oh my god, man, that was so good. Timing. That was, that was a knee jerk reaction too. That was good. Too. That was good. <laughs> Fire that one right off, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. I don't know. Sometimes they just land just perfectly. Yeah. If she slaps you in mid-Ohio next year, I'll know why. You'll know why. <laughs> we deserve all we're going to get. All right. Anybody else we'll, have a $1,000? We'll lap, lap you knock them out of the park. Yep. There you go. Anyone else have a $1,000 bike? I think well, I agree completely. I think you guys are on the money. I think everything that's said there is a real good option for 1000 bucks. Yeah, they're real good. 3000 is easy. Oh, mm. that opens up so I want to buy new bikes for three. <laughs> well, I had to think about it, and I had to, like, <clears throat> it was funny because I'm imparting fucking rules for the $3,000 bike in my own brain. Meanwhile, this is somebody else trying to buy a bike. Well, you do have to narrow down the parameters somehow. Right. For personal taste, for what you're yeah. going to do with the bike. but No new bikes. Yeah, go ahead. So mm-hmm. what, what were you thinking? Well, I was thinking, I was like, if you just wanted to buy simply the most durable 
rideable, can do anything for under $3,000. I know this is going to be kind of fucking silly because we're not this direction. You can buy a VT750 Shadow for 2400 bucks anywhere in America and get a damn good one. That two-tone burgundy and tan one that we sold at our shop yeah. was brilliant. That's almost a $1,000 bike if you go to the 500 Shadows. Yeah. Some of those you'll find. Oh, I'll sell you a 500 Shadow. i got a couple of them at my shop. You can actually, that goes, yeah. that could be yeah. a $1,000 bike. bike. But a VT750 Shadow, and if you're looking at this black one that's parked behind us, well, not that one. That's, that's going to be there. like a fifth. that's going to be in the 1500 That's going to be way shy. No, 1100 Shadow. So I'll sell you an 11, if you want to be like the guy and have a big boy bike. Oh, yeah. With a ton of torque and shaft drive Mm -hmm. and comparable power, if not more, than any Harley Davidson out there. You can buy a VT1100 Shadow for under three grand, damn near anywhere. But I would say maybe go with the 750 Shadow or like an 800 Volusia if you get a fuel-injected one. But it'd be hard to find a fuel-injected one for under three grand. I think Christmas is a little meat drunk right now. You might have the meat sweats. Trying to, she's <laughs> trying to shake up. <laughs> I'm eating them up, baby. I guess I, if it was my money and I was buying a bike for somebody else, whom, by the way, I don't want to spread, this is a first motorcycle. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a first bike. Those fucking, those mid-displacement cruisers are very easy to ride. They're not challenging. They're not technically challenging to ride. Anybody can ride them. And oh, you it's can like use them sitting for, in an easy chair. Yeah, and you can use it for going on a 500-mile trip or journey, and you can also use it for going back and forth to work. You can strap a bunch of shit to it. There's luggage available everywhere for cheap. You might even have a couple of bucks left over. Yeah. For three grand? I'm spending three grand. I'm getting a BMW. You are? Yeah. <laughs> you can buy. You're not going to get a slash two. Those no, are no, gone, no, like no. over-the-moon yeah. price-wise. Right. But you can get a slash five, slash yeah. six, something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Still air cooled. Well, still carbureted. Well, in the eighties. No, uh, no. Yeah, maybe up through the eighties. You can yeah. get an early R bike for yep. you know oil head R bike or mm-hmm. a K bike, a K seventy five, or even a. K-100. I didn't even think about that. If you're willing to go on the K series, you can get a lot of BMW brick motor. Run forever. Yeah. Yeah. Very dependable. Pr- Bruce got his for less than three. Huge, yeah. huge support out there. The mm-hmm. network. <clears throat> Keep it running. Yeah. Parts availability. And now your neighbors won't get angry at you. They'll think that you're quirky. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be like, look, he's obviously a a gentleman. He's riding a BMW. Nobody ever calls the cops on a guy in a BMW. You could probably find an F bike out there. Oh, here's Hopper. Look at that. Oh, man. He comes an hour into the show. Way to go. Nice. Team Hoffer. <laughs> nice job. Mr. and Mrs. Wow. We're already hey at 58 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we didn't think we were going to make 40. Long anyhow, so. they, um, all you got to do is uh, <clears throat> chime in with your motorcycle that you think a good first-timer's motorcycle. Steve, you're walking in blind. You got $1,000. What are you buying? Yeah, 1000 bucks. Spend it. Crack. But it's got to be <laughs> But it's got to be the most... Uh, That's a good week. It's a first, it's, yeah, it's a first rider. It's a first rider, family man, needs a reliable bike. Got a thousand bucks to spend. Reliable bike? Yep, reliable. I mean, this guy's got two kids, his wife, they just had their second baby. They combined their cars together and bought a minivan. So now he needs to get to work. So she's got the minivan for the kids. He's got 
Right now he's got his shoes. <laughs> right. But he wants a bike. I buy does that be a bike? It could be a scooter. Well he lives in the south too. So it could be a scooter. I would buy a, like a, a, a reflex or a yeah. or a uh, sim. Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of votes for like buy a used buddy because they will never die. Yeah, yeah, they won't. They just won't ever die. So yeah, uh, you can absolutely get a reflex or uh, there's a reflex right now on Craigslist for twelve hundred bucks that I'm certain the guy would take Odin Grand for. So yeah, that's an easy bet. And once again, a reflex. It's a Honda. Reflex. I was just going to say, and you have your own theme song written by Duran Duran. Yep, right. Yeah. So that's a good suggestion. Under a grand, you're going to get a Reflex or a Sim RV250. Plus the maintenance costs are low. Yep. And they will run run for 100,000 miles. They'll run forever. Well, let me see. say, I mean, if you go out there and really, I mean, every day go on Craigslist and put that 1500 look at everything under $15, Yeah. you might get some fantastic bike that pops up like, Yes. Somebody's fire selling off a uh, you know a Con- Kawasaki Concourse for a thousand dollars doesn't run. I know somebody just bought one for twelve. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you may be able to really get a smoking yeah. deal on something. I, that mm-hmm. would be the ideal thing. You know, yeah, the I mean? maintenance car, you could externally adjust the valves on a reflex. So Phil, I mean, like not. That's kidding, why I love. The that's why I like the, the, the whole run of the single overhead yeah. can Hondas. You don't have. Yeah. To, right. It's you can do a valve adjustment yourself and no. You do time a valve time. adjustment by ear. Yeah. I mean, I've done it. Dicky dicky. Yeah. Okay, good. Lock it in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're kind of cool, and it will last forever. I mean, there's no, <clears throat> there's really, you're going to buy a belt for that bike every 15,000 miles, maybe. You can do freeway speed. Yep, you can go 75, 80. And you're going to get 60 to 70 miles per gallon. And you got storage space. Right. You're going so it's to. very practical. Yeah, it's very practical. That's that's a really good suggestion. It's out of the motorcycle camp. It's into the scooter camp. But if you can live with that, you know, really, when you're you, securing when you're your sexuality. A 250 scooter, yeah. yeah, or a big like a bigger a bigger scooter, yeah, it's almost like a motorcycle. It is. I mean, what, it, what's the correct. definition? A step through. You know, you have a step through yeah. instead of a tank on top. No, I can tell you the difference between riding a. A 250 or 300 cc scooter and riding a CB 750 <coughs> is really the difference between. <coughs> hey, do you mind if I park this thing here? And everybody goes, "I right, park a scooter. I'm gonna fuck." Whereas if you show up on a CB 750, you're like, "Can I park this thing here?" You're like, "Ah, oh, get out of here!" You know, scooters are different than motorcycles. People treat them differently. There's there's something about like you can ride the scooter on the sidewalk from point A to point B well, and probably not If you're in Ohio, that 150cc rule, I mean, Shit. that, park it on the that sidewalk, really, man. Yeah. yeah, park it on the sidewalk, go what's, crazy. What's that rule? I'm not familiar. 150cc yeah. or less, you can park, you can park it on, on the sidewalk. sidewalk. Like a bike. Yeah. So if I had a, a, a reflex that said 250 on the side of it? <laughs> no. Well, it is now because clearly had that rule been established in nine, or in 2001, I wouldn't have gone to jail for a weekend. Yeah, you lost that battle a couple I of did times. lose yeah. that battle. Yeah, I lost that battle. Had that rule you been in the war, though, right? No. Oh. No. I did not win the war. No. He got three days off. I got to go to jail. So the three days he spent fishing or in court making more money... I spent in jail. Uh, but yeah, had that rule been a rule back then, I would not have gone to jail because parking bikes on the sidewalk would have been legal. It was how's legal the cuisine in the second was. district? I'm sorry? I said, how's the cuisine in the second district? Uh, well, as luck would have it, I went downtown because I went straight from court where I was winning my court case <coughs> for the illegal parking. So I won that case. Mm-hmm. But then out of left field, I was charged with carrying concealed weapons. 
So I was both charged, cited, and arrested for carrying a concealed weapon about nine seconds after I won illegally parking on the sidewalk. Because we proved that it was a com- our business district that we were in, in the second district there. Yeah. Or actually, we were, we were first, we were uh, downtown. So, no, that is second district. Yeah, that is second. Yeah, West 25th Street. But we had proved that on the books in like the 70s, they said to encourage trade and to encourage shopping in that area, you could display your, legally display your wares on the sidewalk. We found it in print, totally protecting the fact that there was a bike on the sidewalk, as long as anybody could walk through them unimpeded, which we proved that you could. So we totally got them to throw out my arrest. And so they were like, yeah, we're, we're dismissing the charges against you. That's great. And then they went, okay, well, what about the charge of carrying concealed weapon? Well, you didn't have probable cause because you didn't have probable cause to even talk to you about the bikes in the first place. So because you then discovered that, I mean, you know. The right? concealed weapon was in plain, the weapon was in plain, plain view, view. with a holster on my, on my hip. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So as I was. And it was a Gerber So it wasn't tool. a concealed weapon then. It was, right, a, it was an open carry weapon. It was a tool. It was a tool. Let's call it what it was. It was a Gerber with a 2.1. A pair of pliers. Oh, there was a tool involved. All right. But yeah, the point being, it was like hilarious because me and my attorney are like, yay, we win. And then as we're saying, that's great. Good job. Then they're like, okay, well, how do you plead to the carrying a deadly weapon? And I went, what, what deadly weapon? The weapon that it literally says downstairs in the courtroom, you are not allowed past this sign with blades over two and a half inches, and the blade on my knife is two and a quarter. So the the thing I'm allowed to have in court with me right now is what you're arresting me for? Well, that's interesting. Doesn't matter. You get arrested, go to jail. So and my the long and short of that story is the moral of this story is Don't fight City Hall. Don't fight City Hall. The uh, yeah, just shut up. I've won twice against City Hall. Yeah, yeah. The, the first time uh, they pulled, my, my daughter was like, Houdini could get out of any car seat. So, <laughs> cop pulls kid over. How old was she? She was like, I don't know, three or something. She can like squirm. Squirmed she out. Like, yeah, children she are squirmed liquid. out, pulls right over. Yeah. Puts her back in the car seat. Cop pulls her over, writes her a $145 ticket for having a kid out of the car seat yeah. and then accuses her of having a weapon in the car because my bass guitar was in the back seat in the case ah. and says that that was a shotgun. And so... Did he open the case? So he didn't open the case. but then So then he dropped that once he figured out it was a guitar. Right. And so then I called the court and the uh, Lakewood Law says... You have to, if you show proof of having a car seat, right. that the charges are, are reduced to like twenty dollars. Okay. Yeah. So I called the court and I said, I said uh, I have a car seat. I want to bring right. it in to prove prior to Absolutely. my court because it says prior to the court date, right. you have yeah. to show. And they're like, tell it to the judge. I said, well, that doesn't fit in the rule of law because right. you, it says it's prior to the court date, yeah. you have to prove to the court that you have, tell it to the judge, tell right. it to the judge. Okay. I'm like, what's your name? I'm not telling you my name. So so I got the supervisor and he did the same thing. <laughs> so then I went to the, I don't know what they call it, the prosecutor, yeah. the, Missouri, like the city director. attorney yeah. or whatever. And I said, listen, I work for the city. I, you know, I try to show them proof of having this thing. And they refuse to do it. And then the guy from the court calls me back and apologizes. Yeah. So the second time I was coming up, Graber. And Graber used to have a sign on it saying, not a through street. But it was a through street. <laughs> it was a through street. Because yeah. one of the, uh, one of the uh, men in blue lived yeah. on the street. He didn't want anybody to drive up his street. So he's going to put a sign on there that says, not a through street, even though <laughs> it is a through street. So it was on my C70. I pulled up that. I, would, I was yeah. coming home for lunch. 
I pulled up, went down Graber. Went down Graber, yeah. And there was a cop in front of me. He goes around the turn, and I see him slam on his brakes. Oh, He pulls man. up right next. And so I pull up, and he's like, hey. And he stops me yeah. right next to him around that bend. Yeah. And I, he said, you're not allowed to drive through here. It's not a through street. I said, well, it goes through. Right. I, he said, it's not a through street. I said, well, to not be a through street, it has to be uh, an ordinance. Sure. It has to be in the codified ordinance of the city of Lakewood. But it's not, say a, it's through not a through street. And he's like, this is not a through street. I'm like, write me a ticket then. Yeah. And he's like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> right. So then I called the, I called the uh, city attorney, and I said... And were you on your yellow passport at the yeah. time? <laughs> I was on a yellow passport. Okay, I will say this. That is the gayest bike ever. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was red, know, but it was yellow. The baby blue one is the only one that you could you actually... admit, that thing was fast, the fastest passport. It was unusually ever. fast for a passport. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Seventy CCs is never. It was a fast so good. It was a fast sport. <laughs> I like that bike. Yeah. And, and now you, I've I've made it even more Camaro because I put moped fold out baskets on the side. Oh, you did? Nice. I got the basket with the flowers on mine. The big white plastic basket with the you know pink yeah. and blue flowers on the front. That'll, I, that'll I fool them. I have an awesome picture at Heinen's. Fully I pulled them the next to my old Mercedes. Was there? <clears throat> Girl. Who works at Mercedes, yeah. So I had my passport with the bags open, loaded with like <laughs> whatever next to the Mercedes. <laughs> if you got three thousand dollars to spend, you got to send somebody down the road to buy the most reliable, absolute best thing they can buy for three thousand dollars with two wheels. I already said VT seven fifty or VT eleven hundred. Where are you at? For three grand? For three grand. That's the entire budget. You could budget. easily buy a PC 100 for the three grand. There's two on Craigslist. <laughs> Voted the ugliest yeah. motorcycle of all time by, like, Motorcyclist Magazine last month. <laughs> Hydraulic valve lifters? Just search Tron. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do agree. I think and I hate that, to bring it up again because right. I love PC. It's crazy, though, that how many bikes that be t- are in the between 1000 and $3,000. Yeah. That's a whole shit ton of motorcycles. It is. I mean, yeah. all the, like, the sport bikes, CBR 600s. KLR. See, maybe even KLR. a KLR. Ninja toothpicks. Yeah. Right. Every like kind of ninja you could ever want. You yeah. know what I mean? I do like your VT750, but I would specify that it would have to be an RS. <clears throat> well, okay. That would take some hunting. Yeah. That would take a little more hunting. Steve, I said you'd get into BMW. K bike. SV650. Small uh, K75 or. <clears throat> But I would say that reliability, if you go from, if you want to look at reliability. Keepability, I'm with him. I was thinking BMWs. Because you can get some BMWs under three grand, like even like a 75 slash. You get them all day. All day long. All day long. It's going to last forever. And when you go to sell it, it's going to keep its price. It's yeah, not, it may you, have you gone put, up in price. You could put 10,000, 20,000 miles on it. That's the thing is, gonna, when you get into a bike that's under 3,000 dollars, it's hit the bottom already. Yeah. But I do not it's hit like the bottom. The it's probably coming back the other way. I do not like the cadence of that motor. You don't like triples, oh. man. I oh. hate triples. Steve just doesn't like triples. <laughs> well, for three thousand, you can find some. You can find some opposed twins. I mean, you can find our. I agree. Ours. Three thousand dollars gives you a lot of real estate to play with. There's there's a fuck lot of motorcycles you can buy for three thousand dollars. I mean, then now it's really what do you want? You need to narrow it down to what you want. Get a CBR yeah. two fifty. Of course, six fifty. You get a six hundred, yeah. no problem for yeah. three grand, yeah. or or any like you said. The ninjas are a really good value. Any number of ninjas, ex five hundreds. Yeah. That's actually leaning more if towards a thousand dollars. Sport bike guy. Oh, there's uh, there's an ex five hundred in the paper right now for eight hundred bucks, or a gs five hundred. You can buy sportsters for 
under yeah. sub three thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a tougher find. Yeah. I, but, but they're yeah. out there. They're one of those eight eighty three Sportsters with the uh, the orange paint, the yeah. anniversary model. Yeah, the anniversary model. I always thought that was a good looking bike. Yep, it is a good looking. I bike. think it was for sale for forty five hundred. Yeah, something. I mean, well, you can build a twelve hundred top end on that, can't you? It's absolutely build yeah. it, build it up. Yeah, you can build a you can build a twelve hundred out of it. You could definitely get into a four speed Sportster for. Thirty-five hundred, and you can go with yeah. the CRF two thirty Ls. That's true. Now we're getting into bikes that are totally viable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Enduros, like uh, CRF, yeah. even the CRF two fifties now are getting approaching that three thousand dollar range because they're fifty five hundred bucks new. I mm-hmm. sold my fucking Bandit twelve hundred with all of the um, uh, banditry. All the banditry. What the fuck? God, it's killing me now. Um, uh, the, 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 the Dale Walker stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a fully Dale Walker converted Bandit 1200, <clears throat> which is 120-some horsepower, and it's a wheelie bike, and it's it'll do anything you want it to do. It's really, really good. It's really, really good. You can tour on it. You can do whatever the fuck you want. It's got a comfortable riding position. It's an unkillable motor, and that's a $3,000 bike all day long. There's one on Craigslist right now in Painesville. With no title for twelve hundred bucks, no salvage title. Salvage title twelve hundred bucks. That's okay. I agree. Yep, and it's missing a headlight. It has like one of those LED bars. It's got like a twelve-inch wide strip of LEDs. That's called an upgrade, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) That's called a low-speed collision, and we're gonna put a eBay LED bar on it. I was looking. I almost bought it because I was like, "Oh, it's a '97, and it's got under four thousand miles on it." Yeah, man. I mean, like, that's a lot of motorcycle for very. That's a buck a cc on a on an extremely powerful motorcycle that you can do anything with. Uh, that's that's easy. That's an easy thing to find. I think three thousand. You can be choosy. Yeah. Real picky. We, we really need for three grand. We really need to. Oh, yeah. We need to get inside your head and see what you're kind of interested in before yeah. we start right. talking about. I was what about DRZs. I mean, what's what's the break point on a DRZ? Well, mine was a 2009 I bought about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did have a boatload of money thrown at it. It had okay. the hot cam. It's got the full Yoshi exhaust, which is like $1,000 right there. Um, numerous other things. Oh, yeah. too, too much to get into. Barkbusters, the whole thing. You paid four for it? I paid four even for it. Yeah. So, so there you go. One without. You can't find them under three. You might be able to get it for around three, right? Easily. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's, you can start to be stupid fucking picky. I mean, I, I was finding them. I wasn't finding. Them. I, w- I wanted the actual factory supermoto. What was that the concourse you bought? What'd you pay for the concourse you bought? Oh yeah, you can get a concourse. Three K. Okay, there's the best example right there. Boom. Probably one thousand CC. Yeah, probably one of the best touring Full bikes fairing. ever built. Yeah. yeah, and you can do any damn thing. Crash with it. bars on it. Yeah, that's three thousand dollars right there. Ah. And I think for for what <clears throat> the bike can do, I think if you're going to go two thousand one. Yeah, it's so fresh. It's 35,000 miles. What year would a K-bike be? A K-75 would be up to, what, 1994? 92? I'm, I'm thinking for a three grand price range, you're probably looking at the mid to late 80s. Mid to late 80s. So for the same money, you're at a 2001 concourse. Generation yeah. 1 concourse. I just yeah. saw a... Can you get anything fuel you, injected? You sent me that. K-1100 1100 RS. Yeah. No, K1100 RS. Okay. Yeah. It was on the side of the road in, in Overland. Okay. As I was heading out, three grand. Three grand. And it had 40,000 miles on yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, hell, that's The guy nice. said it was ugly. 
But to me, it wasn't that ugly. Yeah. And he had a bunch of upgrades. He had the like uh, adjustable like uh, heli bars on yeah. it, and I gotta say, uh, I lowered pegs and some other stuff, and that was a good deal. That's a damn good deal. And I think Chris's uh, concourse because it's fully farkled up, it's fully loaded with everything on it, right? It is. I yeah. Mean, it's, it, it. But you know what? It's just got basic standard concourse crap on it. Right. So. But I mean, you could buy that motorcycle. How many miles are on it? I bought it with thirty-five k. So it's still got another Original owner, though. miles left in it. So, well, but it was 35K, yeah. and it was 15 years old, so the guy put... I sold the one that I sold with over 100,000 miles on it. Yeah. And it ran perfectly. Yeah. It did not miss a beat, and it was beautiful. And we knew a guy named Ryan that builds parts for the concourse. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Really? concourse guy. Yeah. You could buy our 1150s for... What was this word, Steve? You can maybe get, yeah. I can't, I can't read. 1,700 bucks. That's a, I mean, there's... Yeah, the, so tell them that. Those two things, like, those two... That's the most actual practical that's, motorcycle that you can get. Actually, that might have been twenty four hundred bucks. Yeah. So that okay. Yeah. And that's a, that's a later one. That's like an 03. I can't yeah. read the thing, but yeah. I think I remember looking at that one. Thirty three thousand miles. Steve yeah. sent it to me, and that was a little yeah. whipped. What's the price on that? It's like twenty four hundred bucks. Yeah. See, so really, it's just another concourse. Like Holy the, smokes! In the in the world economy of motorcycles, for some <clears> reason, Kawasaki concourses just don't hold their fucking value. How much would you pay for your ST eleven hundred? Yeah, and, and, and why would it be that the concourses don't hold their value? I have the same. This is my problem. How much was it? The ST? It's too grand. I have, to, I have to thank my wife. Right. Okay, so that's another great example. ST1100s run forever. Uh, that's another good example. And that's a sub $3,000. Sub $3,000 machine. Uh, what year did the, what was the last year for the ST eleven hundred? Two thousand two. <clears throat> so once you're skipping that you same get generation. ABS and traction control. So um, these motorcycles are less than sixteen years old. At three thousand. At three thousand. Three thousand dollars. I'm going to have like shaft drive, some luggage. Yeah. I wanna, if this is going to be my only form of transportation, well, yeah. I want something like that. Oh, of course. Oh, believe me. If you had, to, if you told me that you're going to come in my garage, you're going to take all the bikes away. You're going to leave me one. Bet your ass, the one that you're leaving me has the ability to do a day trip. It's going to have the ability to take what I need to work with me. It's going to have the ability to run. I want a thousand CCs. I want shaft drive. Yeah, concourse. But you know what? Another SD thing. Eleven hundred. BV five hundred. Sure. Why not? Why not? They're reliable. You can absolutely buy them for less than five. I got yeah. I got BV five hundred sitting right there for twenty eight hundred bucks, and it looks like yeah, new. And that point, you can tour on. You absolutely can tour on. Yep. Absolutely. And you're going to get yeah, 60 miles to the gallon. Right, right. So. And they've got some nuts. Oh, they they they're fast as yeah. fuck. <laughs> they, you will be going over nuts. 100 miles an hour. Really? The Piaggio BB500 <clears throat> is one of those bikes that you're just like, I know it's a single. I know it's 500 cc's. Why does it go so fast? And it does go fast. Greater than the sum of the parts. It right? is, and it goes fast from zero to sixty too. You're going to have quick. some maintenance because of like back tires. You go through back you tires. You will chew through that. a back tire. Well, belt every fifteen hundred miles or more, or even fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fifteen hundred miles. You do a belt every fifteen thousand. <clears throat> you will do a back tire. If you're hot, rollers. if you can rollers outboard bearing on that that bearing the that's cover. in the, the cover yeah, bearing. The cover bearing. You should do that. You should do the outboard Cleaner. cover bearing about every 40,000 miles. Make sure the fuel pump recall has been done. Yep, absolutely. Sure well, you'll know. <laughs> we've, we've, we won't, uh, that won't be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we did plenty of those. Yep. Yeah, if, yeah if I you, pushed mine back three miles. <laughs> if you ride your bike, shut your bike off, and try to restart your bike within 20 minutes, and it does not restart, you need a fuel pump. The good news is it's a recall, so it's free. 
The, uh, it's got to make sure it has those little three dots on it. Look for the that. dots. Yeah. Look for the blue dots, not <laughs> the brown dots. The blue dots. Two years ago, yeah. I wrote mine to, uh, Bo- like, not Boston, uh, uh, New Hampshire, right? Americade. Yeah. yeah. No, not Americade. It was whatever. And I pull in, I put it, like, park it under the, the overhang at the yeah. hotel, and everybody's like, who rode that from Ohio? I'm like, that's easier to ride than a motor. It's an easy ride, It's better man. than a gold one. <clears throat> yeah, there's a... There it is right there. Look Your wife's standing right by it. So that bike Look is 20... I'll sell that bike for 2800 2400 if you're a podcast listener. That's a 500cc motorcycle. And you're a podcast. It's got a brand new rear tire. We're Jump. blowing them out tonight. tonight Jump, baby. <laughs> Top case. Whole deal. Yeah. Kids posing around. It's in a beautiful... <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful color of Wineberry. <laughs> yep, you can get that same color on a Buick or an Oldsmobile. Mrs. Hoff. <laughs> you don't get Mrs. Hoffert, though. That's right. She's a, she's an extra 500 but bucks. We yeah. had a number of those <laughs> whoa, bikes coming whoa. up. Whoa, Poor Mrs. Hoff. The, uh, there's, those, they're flooding the markets right now. BV500s are easy to get cheap. And they're great bikes. They are great bikes, yeah. And we have had customers put shit tons of miles on them. They do run forever. So that's a good option. And, you know... It'll cruise all day long at 75 miles an hour. The difference is it's not a motorcycle, which there's that weird economy. There, There's that weird exchange rate of being like, well, it's not a motorcycle. I think, though, that of everything you got What's listed, the maximum horsepower you could get for $3,000? I know. I think the Bandit's got... I think my Bandit's probably going to... the Bandit's, yeah. No, because you know what? We're going to start seeing, maybe not this year, but next year we're going to start seeing some Hayabusa's. $3,000 high really? Wow. It's going to start happening. I'm already seeing them pretty fucking close to that. I sold my FZR 600 for $1,000 even. Yep. And that was 99 horsepower. 100 horse, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a 20-year-old bike. but I wish Johnny Chrome... Uh, Johnny Chrome's screamed. not here today because Johnny Chrome has the flu. <clears throat> um, I'm going to ask a general question. You don't have to answer it if you don't know the answer. If I ask you, what is a pro-street motorcycle... What is that? Do you know what a pro street motorcycle is? I would. Say I can only take guesses. I'm only an amateur. <laughs> I, I would Should say that a pro street motorcycle is something like in the like CBR range and all that, which was distilled down from MotoGP technology. Like all the millions of dollars that they spend on their race bikes, they then turn that technology around to make a street legal consumer motorcycle out of. No. No, damn! <laughs> God, I thought I was at uh, pro, pro street bike. eloquently displayed. I mean, yeah, pro, I, I, was, I was buying and, it, yeah. and one hundred percent true. Also, <laughs> the rest of us vote yes. <laughs> pro street usually just means it started as a street bike, and now you take you took a street bike and you build it into it's a drag a, racing class. It doesn't have to be street legal. It just doesn't have to be. I was going to say definitely high horsepower. Definitely straight line fast. Well, it's a it's an actual motorcycle class. So if you want to go down the quarter mile, there's a class that you can be in called Pro Street. Pro Street, for anybody who's paying attention, is today a Hayabusa with a three foot longer st- swing arm and nitrous. <laughs> Yeah. Three, three yeah. foot. Well, it's three foot longer for a reason. Cause, uh, it probably had a title at some point. Long ago. Must right. have the rims chromed. Got to have chrome rims. Yeah. At least four nitrous bottles. <laughs> Bleeder valves on the front. And the gas tank kicked in so you could put your knees in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It should be so, purple and red. Pro Street is a class that means that the bike is technically street legal. You could technically ride the bike on the road. It's street legal. But it is 
Pro Street. I mean, it's built to go down there a quarter mile. What I didn't know, because I had a customer call the shop today, and he said, uh, he goes, you got any used bikes? I go, yeah, I have a lot of used bikes. I said, <laughs> he's like, well, what do you got? And you I got said, them all. I don't have time for this conversation is what <laughs> I don't have. What do you want? What I got is a lot of used bikes. Sharpen your sword. What do we want? Or as I like to tell people, sharpen your sword and let's get to the point. Tell me. Help me out. And he goes, well, you know, I'm looking for something like, I'm looking for something like a pro street bike. <laughs> and so I go, we well, do, sure, we, we do not have a Halbusa or a ZL. I got a BB500. <laughs> well, so I was kind of thinking about it. and an extended swing arm. Yeah, well, well, exactly. And so I said, well, do you mean like a current generation pro street bike or maybe an older pro street bike? Because I have a KZ1000. Johnny Chrome's old bike with the flames on it. And I have a, Z, a, a KZ900, which is another Pro Street bike, or a bike that people made into Pro Street bikes in the 70s and 80s. And you got a CB305 Superhawk. <laughs> totally Pro Street bike right there. Uh, so I asked him, I was like, well, what, what bracket? And I was like, right here, going back here. Yeah, yeah, and he goes, well, you know, Pro Street bike. Look for a Pro Street bike. And I was like, well, what kind of a Pro Street bike? You know, where, where, where? And so at first he goes, well, you know, he goes, well, you know, something high horsepower, you know, something low and long. And I was like, yeah, it's a KZ1000. KZ900. We're still talking about high horsepower, low and long. Yeah, these are pro street bikes. that can be made into one with a swing, with a swing arm. A Bomberland. <laughs> That's low and long. Well, like, yes. Not high horsepower. Not right? high horsepower. But <laughs> the, uh, so then he said. You, you should have just said no. Well, I was trying to figure out what it was. And then he says, well, you know, like a big dog. <laughs> I know where those you know it's a big dog scrambler I know where to find one <laughs> so he said like a big dog and I said well no sir piece of shit. trying to be smart like trying to be like a decent human being I said no sir I said a pro street bike is actually a, a regular street motorcycle it's been modified to go down the drag strip it usually has a couple of hundred horsepower but it's still Mar- marginally streetable right marginally streetable and I said but today they're mostly Hayabusa's or like ZX 1400's or something but that's what a pro street bike is. He goes, no, 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 no. It's a big V-twin. And I said, okay. I said, no, it's not. I got one of those. I said, I guarantee if you go to Norwalk or Dragway 42 or Thompson and you go to the pro street catalog category, it ain't. What do you care? No bugs me, though. Well, he could be thinking of a drag Harley. I mean, like, a, no, or a V-rod, not. you know, a stretched V-rod or something. No, it uh, turns out. Turns out, those like fuckers that couldn't come for a name, couldn't come up with a name for that $40,000 ass jewelry, yeah, because they didn't want to admit that they were riding $40,000 ass jewelry, <clears throat> yeah. Do you know what they started calling their fucking motorcycles that had the long chopped out front forks? Pro Street. 21 inch front wheels <laughs> and a stupid Jesse James riding position. Yeah. And the ass lowered in your wallet chain thing going on with the big V twin thing, yeah. the big hamster wheel belt drive thing, yeah. all that shit and the ridiculous roller rear tire. Do you know but, what they call those bikes? Pro Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They call them Pro Street bikes. Coach. <laughs> Bracket race. I'm having a problem with this. I got a unit. Take out there, you bracket race. I'm having a problem with this. It's not even like they stole it from one thing and brought it into another thing. Like they called it a Tennessee Stepper or some shit. Tennessee Walker. Like they didn't take it out of one thing that was (laughs) totally. They're dicking you around. 
No, they're fucking calling it a pro street when it ain't a fucking pro street. It's not a pro okay, street. What about Christ just says something called a fat pounder, and that just makes you think about it. <laughs> hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold That's on. a whole class of porn hold right on. there. That just <laughs> I love it. I love it. It brings up wrong Here we go. images in my so, head. I got a lot of those so, at work. There's a whole new category <laughs> called the fat pounder. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Fat pounder two-stroke. Yeah. <laughs> well, Phil, you don't want to That's, talk about because you don't have any to sell. <laughs> That's called getting lucky uh, at you bike know, night. Halford's got all the fat pounders. <laughs> pounder. No, I don't have any. It's on Craigslist. <laughs> Under what right category? Next the, right next to the Egyptian, which is back. The Egyptian <laughs> yeah. Roadmaster. Uh, yeah, did you see that? The $8,800 TE200 Roadmaster or whatever. Yeah, the Honda. Yeah, the Egyptian Honda. That one's bad. The Egyptian Honda's back? Yep, and the fat pounder. What the fuck is a fat pounder? No idea. Fucking fat pounder. The ice bears are coming out. Done deal. You got a whole new category. Oh, my God. You sign in. Bring your fat pounder in. Oh, my God. I'm dying here. Register. Because you fat pounders are running at eight o'clock. <laughs> I smell a bidding war coming on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Fire Shit, your baby up. Let's see if we get the fat pounder. Oh, sweet Jesus. SS Fat Pounder. A fat Nazi. That <laughs> at first I thought it was a boat. Um, okay, it's a 2001 SS. Fat Pounder <laughs> ST, which is which is funny because it's not it's not just an SNS it's not just an SNS Fat Pounder, but it's the SNS Fat Pounder ST Sport Touring. No, oh, exactly, exactly. Um, nine eighty six original miles, nine hundred eighty six original miles, seventy nine hundred dollars. Selling. It's because you can only pound oh so much fat. Oh sweet bloody Jesus! Okay, here, here we go. All right, sweet all right. bloody Jesus! I'm not kidding. This is real. It's uh, selling a 2001 SS Fat Pounder ST, original owner, with only 986 original miles, $7,900, no trades, cash only, serious inquiry only. There's no way you could be serious about calling this number. Let's call it right now. If interested, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please call. Let's get him on the horn. No texting. Thanks for looking at my Fat Pounder. Uh, it doesn't say that. I said that. It's in Brook Park. Um, oh, Brook Park. What it appears to be is it appears to be your standard horse shit like they all are. It looks like another Jesse James bike. Um, Dude, it's seriously get, not. Wait, wait, stop. The forks aren't kicked out nearly far enough is what get, I would expect Get his it to ass be. on the phone. He didn't take a good picture of it. He did not no, take one good him, picture of it. He said no texting. He said no texting. So he's well, like, right. So, so put, put, him, put him on speakerphone and call I'm him. I'm going to text him right now and send, text him a message that says, send me a picture of your fat pounder. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see your fat pounder. You piece of shit. I need a fat pounder. I need a picture of your fat pounder. And make it quick. From a different way. angle. <laughs> Right. I, and I want it from behind and underneath. I'm not kidding you. You're absolutely right, Steve. This motorcycle, this American V-Twin custom-style Jesse James horse shit motorcycle is called a Fat Pounder. And it's uh, just for example, it's it's images. not too late. You could call him on speakerphone and we can get him on the uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, he, he can be a uh, call-in voter. It's a fucking fat Well, we're not going to tell him. It's got the cro- it's got the fake chrome illusion reverse one tape paint job, the one tape flame job. The world's like most efficiently applied flame job ever. Um, it is just a it is just a catalog bike. It's all it is. It's appears to be a, a chain drive flame job. It's an enclosed primary. Like. It looks like it's a chain chain drive on the rear end. Is it a hard tape? It does look rigid. 
It looks rigid, or it's got, uh, or it's got a soft tail. You got a fat pounder. You gotta have a rigid. You do have a rigid. <laughs> you fat pounder. Oh my god! You know, I mean, I, fat pounder. Another term for guy who hangs out at the bar too late. Uh, this might replace Camaro. It might. God damn, dude. That's you know what's fat funny pounder. is that he's got a picture of the speedometer, which is a video gauge, and the speedometer is a 120 mile an hour speedometer. First thing, that's wildly optimistic. Second of all. The speedometer says 986.2. Now, whether that's the miles or the trip, okay, I don't know. But it, this motorcycle may legitimately have only 986 miles on it, even if it has only 986 miles on it. $8,000 is too much money for a catalog replica Harley Davidson soft tank. You know, it's fat, just... Fat pounder. Fat pounder. <laughs> Which, I just can't stop saying it. Of all the names, like, you know, I said Sucker Punch Sally last week, and you were like, is that really the name of a bike? It is the real name of a bike. And there are, like, Confederate, and there are a number of companies that have names that are like, all right, yeah, we have a joke. But realistically, calling your motorcycle a fat pounder is just... Somebody really drunk that. And I'm going to guess that based on the name, it's probably a rigid... I mean, it makes sense if it's a rigid. It's called the Fat Pounder. Wouldn't that be a fat yeah, but, though? Does, how much battery power does the R2 unit have? If you unplug it now, yeah. how long will it take before it dies? I don't know how good the batteries. I'm pretty sure the batteries in it are dead right now. Okay. So uh, for nor- why are you wondering? Well, I mean, we got a real mechanic right on the other side of that wall working on his project like hustling to try to get it done for the motorcycle, for the motorcycle show. show. And if I we, just thought maybe we could take a, you know, before we end the show, like... Go give well, we're, Sparky we're, some props. <laughs> Go back and give our we're, podcast listeners, to, to let them know what a real mechanic sounds like. We're already in. I well, suppose I mean, to these six douchebags. Well, let me give them a little air time. Be like, okay, no Sparky. Uh, we've already topped an hour and a half. Yeah, so. yeah I'd say we're, I'd say we're Well, cool, I just, you know. Yeah. No, I can appreciate your, I can appreciate your, uh, you're wanting to give props or props. You know, I've been the guy who said, you know, we should be working on a motorcycle while we're recording this whole thing. Two like, fresh double A's in the last right? four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the sound of me drinking. Yeah. Cocktail. Well, when I said we, Cocktail. I didn't mean you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I started this business so I wouldn't have to wrench on motorcycles anymore. <laughs> Can we, like, start a motorcycle? Can we start a bike? Can we do something? Can something we motorcycle do something motorcycle-related? Motorcycle yeah. Tomorrow, are you going to ride? Can we make a vroom vroom? Well, ride Sunday. Peggy's in Nashville, so it's me and Piper. We might go for yeah. a ride. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. I can tell you, I'm, if I can't get on a bike tomorrow, it's rained. I mean, I don't think there's hardly any Sunday, salt on the road. 60 and... And no rain. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be riding this week. That was tomorrow. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I'm gonna well, take I'm gonna take out a Gucci and I'm gonna take out a PC800. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride a couple of different bikes. I, think I got a couple of old vintage vintage money. A couple old vintage Vespas yeah. I want to ride. Right. Oh yeah, there's Roger no salt. Clear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's well, just wet. Taking, yeah, it's been raining for a couple I'm of days. To take the Aprilia. Oh, you're gonna take the Aprilia? Yep. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I want to ride like three or four different bikes on Sunday. My whole mission Sunday is just to fucking ride bikes. Yeah. We're coming by your house to drink. Nope. No way, baby. No, you'll have to figure out where I get my Monte Cristo first. The, uh, I'm I expecting something like that off the bar screen today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we can't eat it anymore. The, uh, yeah, uh, so, oh, what I did want to say is uh, Johnny Chrome did text in. He said that calling in didn't work, but he, uh, he texted in. So let's just see, for the sake of argument and my bad vision. Okay, next best thing to a call-in, a text-in. Question, bike he would buy for less than $1,000. Uh, 
Johnny Krobe says, A, Yamaha TW200, because it'd be fun, and I've seen them for that or near it recently. No, you didn't. You're lying. Because if there was a $1,000 TW200 on there, I'd have it already. There's a $600 one on Craigslist right now in parts. Yeah. Disassembled. Super broken. And no, ti- no title. I think. No title. Ooh, man. But, yeah. well, see, no drum brake front, you. too. It's not even a later one. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, then it says, bike you would buy for less than $3,000, and why? Uh, answer, sixth generation VFR 800. I do agree with that. Yeah. I do agree with that because nice examples can be had in that price range and it's high on the bucket list. Plus, gear driven cams, V4 exhaust, especially with carbon fiber cans, and VTEC make it tons of fun to ride. I totally agree. I think that that fourth generation VFR is probably the best bike I ever owned and one of the bikes that I kind of regret parting with. Is that fuel injected or not? Mine was. Carbureted. I had the 92 and I had the 96. Okay. So uh, mine were both carbureted, mm-hmm. but they did come out with a fuel injection. I can't remember in what year. Right, right. 202 or 203 something. But anyway, but I will say it was one of the most pleasant bikes I've ever owned, and it did kind of everything. It's got rave reviews. I mean, year after it year, it was did like everything. bike of the year for yeah. a while there. Yeah, it was a good, <clears throat> a good straight up motorcycle. Uh, question: What bike would you think would be the best investment for the future? He says uh, Kawasaki J model. One thousand and eleven hundreds, eighty-one and up. Uh, examples such as the GPZs, N Series, Spectre, and of course the ELR replica racers will be the next Z1. So that's, I mean, that's a he's lot. He's a Kawasaki of, guy. He's a Kawasaki say. guy. He, he loves Kawasaki, <clears throat> absolutely. And then he says Kawasaki, or he says Honda CB750 900 and one thousand um, F Series dual overhead cam. Uh, and he says short term vintage on and off road singles. Um, I don't think the dual cams, I don't think the dual overhead cam bikes. They're starting to build them, but I just, I'll never be interested in them. I won't. I won't. I just, I, you can't get me interested in a Dohawk 750 or I'd a rather, 900 or a 1000. I'd rather have a Nighthawk SC 700 with yeah. the hydraulic cams. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'd rather yeah. just skip that whole. Shaft drive, hydraulic cams, everything fucking low maintenance on the entire motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool bike. If you're going to get into dual overhead cams. I'd, I'd rather have a Nighthawk. Right. If you're going to have two cams and 16 valves, they might as well be hydraulic. So you don't have to fuck with them all the time. Right. And for so, good buddy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. What's that? No, Everything else is shim and bucket. Yeah. So they're going to drive you fucking batty. And that's the thing is hydraulic cams. There's not a lot of motorcycles that rev over 12,000 RPMs that do have hydraulic cams because of that sort of trade-off of the reciprocating mass versus uh, hydraulics. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to be going at 200 miles or anything. I'm not going to be going 150. I'm not going to be going 200 miles an hour anymore. That's not where I'm at. I would much rather have a bike that's hydraulic, adjusted valves, and just go like, hey, you know what? I'm going to have to adjust the valves on this bike? Never. Never. Not. Not ever. <laughs> right. If you, if your like valves... Honda Civic. You get in yeah. and you drive it. If your valves are harder to adjust than my Moto Guzzi, I don't want anything to do with it. The Moto Guzzi valves are, are kind of fun to adjust. You know, they're kind of like, oh, look, I'm doing a thing on my motorcycle. You know? You can, you can. I can work on motors. Look at me. I can adjust valves. Ta-da! Yeah. Nobody oh, has to are, know did how. Did you adjust your valves? Right. I adjusted my valves. That's exactly it. I can adjust my own valves because you are adjusting valves. You're accomplishing the mission. Because it's just, the head of my motorcycle is sticking out the side. Exactly. <laughs> but you are accomplishing the mission of adjusting the valves and performing maintenance on your motorcycle. Old BMWs are the same way. <clears throat> You're doing the job that needs to be done, but the manufacturer didn't make it unnecessarily impossibly complicated for you. So you're doing your part of keeping the bike alive, but they didn't go to the trouble of making it pretty well. Fuck. Oil heads aren't too bad. 
but you need an extra set of uh, feeler gauges yeah. to do it. Yeah, well, so. you're gonna have to. You're literally gonna have to go in all yeah. directions at once. The most of the stuff. I mean, I don't. I don't want to dick around with with shimming buckets. I've I've earned my pass. I did a Honda CBX. I did twenty four fucking shimming bucket valves. You know what? I'll never do it again. Don't. Period. Yeah. If you drop one off, if you drop one off in my showroom and you give me a bike on five thousand dollars trade for a gorgeous seventy nine euro CBX, you know what I'm gonna do? Put it in the front window. Look at it and go CBX. Am I gonna ride it and put ten thousand miles on it so I can adjust the valves? Nope. Hell no. There's other bikes that do what that does better. And I don't have to adjust the valves every 10,000 miles. Because adjusting 24 valves sucks. I was building a, a pickup truck in my head today. Yeah. And it was a four-cylinder, 2,000cc, 2.2-liter, single overhead cam, Small motor. Small pickup truck. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, like Honda, like Honda never built the Tacoma. Like the, no. the truck that Honda should have built. Right. Like they came out with the Ridgeline and everything. No, they should build an inline front-wheel drive only. Don't even have it be a four-wheel drive. They do in other countries. Just have it be a front-wheel drive Mexico. only with a four inline, <laughs> yeah. liquid-cooled, but with a single-level over adjustable valve, like, freaking super simple motor with, I don't, yeah. I don't know, like, and keep it real super simple and but Toyota had the good cheap. truck in the 80s. That was the truck. Mitsubishi, Toyota, and Volkswagen all had front-wheel drive or simple rear-wheel drive. Yeah. Small pickup trucks that carried a ton of weight Torsion bar were virtually suspension. unkillable. <clears throat> and Mazda. Almost and like Mazda, a, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Almost a cab forward kind of thing where all the weight is just sitting on the front right. wheels. <clears throat> the back wheels are just... that's If you put weight in the back, now you've got weight on them, but otherwise... Well, and that would be... Right now, if you do go to Mexico, there are a ton of small displacement, front-wheel drive, small pickup trucks, manufactured by Volkswagen, manufactured by Ford. There's a ton of these. When they stopped making the Ford trucks. Ranger, if Honda had just come yeah. out with the right pickup truck, yeah. they'd have sold a gajillion of them. I think, that, I think that's one of the things that, as a motorcycle rider in America who is looking for a light-duty truck that really just needs to haul your motorcycle, like it, it needs to do one job, and that is to get you and your motorcycle to or from service or to and from the side of the road or like, look, I bought a bike. I'm going to go pick the fucker up on my own and not have to rent a U-Haul trailer. I think that like a small, lightweight, low low bed height pickup trucks are loads of fun. I think the Ranger might be coming back next year. It is coming back. I saw a few of them when I was in Costa Rica, and they're huge. They're huge? Yeah, they're huge. They're giant. They're going to be like the Colorados. I call yeah, like a Chevy Colorado. They're way bigger than a Colorado. A Colorado is almost looks like that. a Silverado. I almost couldn't look across the bed of this Ranger. And this was factory stock, brand new Ranger that we don't get here. And it's just one of those things that the Ranger is just slightly smaller than F-150. So if Kia ever build a pickup truck, watch the fuck out. He's taking Dustin pills? The, uh, oh, now we're over, we're over an hour and 40. See? Perfect. A Kia pickup truck. If they ever build the right kind of pickup truck, they could kill it. it oh, there's a lot of companies that could, that could lay a hurt. The problem is right now, I think that in America, at least in our country, Dustin Pills. You want to get into that? You want to get into a pickup truck argument? It's hard to argue with the F one fifties only based on the billions of them they sell. Yeah, and the fact is, they don't really hold their value. So you can buy a ten year old F one fifty, and they're not worth much. It's it's so the market's expensive. flooded. Market's flooded. Market's totally flooded. Tons of tons of Toyota used to get thirty miles to a gallon. Yeah, and absolutely. Load that kind. Yep. Yep. And you could, and it would take a. You could put a ton in it. Yeah. The, I mean, literally the Mitsubishi Mighty Max it. was always that yeah. joke. We, we used to tease about it in high school. The Mitsubishi Mighty Max was that truck that would take a thousand pounds of weight, get thirty-five miles to the gallon on a five-speed manual transmission. You couldn't hurt that fucking truck. 
And it was just this adorable little Japanese truck with the ability to take any amount of load in the back of it. It's kind of cool. We were but looking at Chevy Tahoes and stuff like yeah. that. Like, it's $75,000. Oh, shit, yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, $75,000 yeah. oh, yeah. totally right. for one of those Tahoes? The and you see prof- them. And I'm like, you see them driving the around. The bre- best like, profit margin ever is a American pickup truck with all of the accessories. Oh. Because it goes from being a $20,000 truck to a $40,000 truck real fucking fast. Like, uh, and it's still with, a truck. Had a, he had a $900 yeah. payment on his pickup truck. Yeah, it's... $900. No, if there's... I mean, we are the best example of the a feeder bar society. You keep feeding it to us, we'll keep taking it. I, I don't... Once again, I don't count But his logic was it's going to be a rough six years at $900, but once it's paid off, I own a fabulous freaking... Yeah, and then two life. years until it rots out. <laughs> and then it's only worth Yay. $10,000. It's a Chevy. We know what happens to Chevy yeah, after It was a Dodge, years. same thing. Oh, Dodge is a four years. Right. I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't even get it paid off. Yeah, yeah. It's not even paid off it's yet. Rusted up, right. of frames rusted out. Frames rusted out. It's four years old. You can pay for that rusty frame for $900 a month. I, for, for the life of me, that's one of those things that I don't understand. I don't want to understand it. Um, being on, that's why I'm into motorcycles. They're fun. I can fit a lot of them in my garage, and they're way more enjoyable Here's a question. Yeah, I, I, I know we're a motorcycle. Yeah. There's a lot of cars you could buy for three thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean Jeep Grand Cherokees, Cherokees. I mean all Subaru. Yeah, I mean, but I got to hmm? tell you what, a three thousand dollar motorcycle is way more exciting to me than a three thousand dollar car. And honestly, three thousand dollar motorcycle is way more. Well, exciting what I'm saying is, fuck you. You don't get three thousand dollars. You got to pay a thousand dollars. If you're going to pay three thousand dollars, then you might as well get a three thousand dollar car. Uh, I disagree. I yeah. Think, what car are you going to get for $3,000 when you get that $3,000 dependable yeah. K75 or K100? Yeah, I, I just I can get a lot of... I can get yeah. Jeep Grand Cherokees yeah. out of Georgia if I want to go down there and get one with right. no rust yeah. for under $3,000. And they and they have like 130,000 miles on it. They're good for another... They're, that's that's another hundred thousand miles. Those go two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, but miles. this guy wants to even Tacomas. You, you can find old Tacomas. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I definitely get it. It's I've definitely paid more money for some motorcycles than I have for a commence like a similar car. Because the motorcycle is more exciting. The motorcycle is more interesting than the car. Well, you could certainly buy a Civic for three thousand dollars. You could certainly yeah. buy all kinds of stuff for three thousand oh, dollars. Yeah, I, four banger Jeep Wranglers. Those are dirt cheap, and they go for two hundred some thousand miles. I, I think the price on those are going up, though. They are. The Regular, the six, six cylinders, but the four cylinder sticks, yeah. they're dirt cheap. They're like $2,400, but they'll go 200 Once again, 200 Jeep, something. Dodge, Fiat. <clears throat> You're no. not into it. I'm not into it. <laughs> well, I, that's, you know what? That's, that's, I that's can where, still taste the dick in my ass. That's where my that's the problem is. with that whole deal. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. Explain that. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just, uh, I just ate it real bad on our Fiat. So the Fiat. We paid sixteen thousand dollars. Has the dust settled on that deal? I mean, that's a done deal yet, or? Yeah, I'm going to call it done. Titles haven't changed hands yet, but I'm going to call it done. The uh, well, they got my title. The uh, and they got my money. So our Fiat, which was fifty four thousand miles and just a hair over warranty, popped a head gasket, and Fiat North America basically said, "Eh, you know." That'll happen. Forget about it. Forget about it. Um, no, they and we said, well... Just tell Tony to fix it again. Well, the problem really is that their customer support was, we understand that you were 948 miles over your mileage on your warranty. Okay. But 
nobody was preventing you from buying an extended warranty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's real. That's the conversation that we had with the higher-ups at Fiat North America. And I spent no short, maybe, maybe nine hours <clears throat> on the phone getting up to that point. Wow. And I you said... You expect the head gasket to blow it for you. And that's what I said. I said, so just so we understand... from buying... Right. I said, just so we understand, then what you're saying is it is completely acceptable in your company's eyes to have a head gasket fail at 50,000 miles. That that's the standard at which you build your automobiles. And they're like, well, we don't know about how the vehicle's driven. We can't predict how the vehicle's. So we give it a very good warranty. And I said, well, we had, this car came out of the factory with a 36,000 mile A very warranty. good warranty is 10 years, 100,000 miles. And if you're driving a Honda. That's a normal, that's, a, well, that's, that's not a very good warranty. That's a very good warranty. I would agree with what he said. That's a very good warranty. That's a Honda. That's a very good warranty. The, uh, and I explained my situation. He said. Honda. They basically said, they said, well, you probably abused the car. And I said, well, no, you can look in the computer and you can see that we never abused the car. And we can see that it had oil changes when it was supposed to have oil changes. And we can see that a car with roughly 50,000 miles on it still has the factory tires on it, which still has good tread on them. So you know we didn't hot rod the car around because the tires are factory tires with 50,000 50, yeah. miles. Put 50,000 miles on any factory tires. Uh, my wife does not drive that car aggressively at all. She drives like she drives, not super aggressive. And they did not want to stand behind it one bit. And the best they were willing to offer me was a used motor, not rebuilt, a used motor for nineteen hundred dollars plus nine hundred for install. So I would have been out twenty eight hundred bucks. Do you think it was just the head gasket or the whole motor was shrapnel? Well, that's a tough one. Uh, I've done some diagnostic and I've done some looking around, and it was a head gasket. And I'm pretty sure the reason it went out of and this is the worst thing is it was hard to pursue. It would be hard. To, I believe what happened is the lambda sensor failed. The Lambda sensor failed because we've had some Moto Guzzi's that have had Lambda sensors yeah. fail. And it presents as an overheat situation because it gives the bad data back to the ECU and it will overheat and melt. And, and, and it warp, warps the heads, warps the head gaskets. Can you take the head off, machine it, put a new head gasket on and have it be At okay? that point, just buy another head. Or buy, okay, so right. just take the head off. Yeah. You could probably do that without pulling the motor out of the car. Yeah, but it's easier to do it with the motor out. It's empirically easier to get the motor. I can't even comment on it because I've never looked under the hood of it. But even so, then you'd be in the job for almost $2,500. Yeah. So actually, they're not wrong when they say that a used motor is actually the better value. To take just to pluck a used motor off the shelf and have it installed, they're relatively modular these days. It is actually the most cost effective way to do it. Where do they have this pile of used motors? Oh, go to eBay. It's fucking sick. Uh, the same oh, motor. So is you're used. buying a used motor with a blown head gasket. Probably. That's my point. My point was exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Do I get a Do I get a thirty six thousand mile warranty on the used motor? Because what's going to happen with right. your motor when you plug it out? It's going to go on eBay. I Why totally plug it out anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> so this is my yeah. This is my point. And Dodge Darts use the same motor. So they're having, they're not having enough of these problems to create a class action or to create. They're going to do anything about it yet. Yet. Right. Yeah, and because we were an early adopter, we got the car very early. We're one of the few people that has over 50,000 miles on a Fiat 500C at this point. So we may just be an early adopter of the problem, and maybe two years from now, three years from now, there will be a class action a la Toyota, a la Volkswagen. Toyota would be the company that did it right. Volkswagen would be the company that does it wrong. So uh, that, will, that might happen. But the point being, I'm pissed right now. And I got a car that once it gets up to operating temperature – 
every check engine light on the planet comes on, including an interesting display on the dashboard I've never seen in a car before that says, stop engine immediately. <laughs> so one of those digital displays. Stop engine immediately. Is the dealer famous? Well. Maybe. Not your job to chill. Does it, does it have Blah. water in the oil? No, it doesn't. It doesn't have water in the oil, and that was another. That was the thing I checked for. Um, it's been to three different Fiat dealerships, and each one of the three dealerships came up with a different reason that it might have failed. And each one, each one of the dealerships did something that they thought would fix the problem. And of course, neither and at no point did it fix any of them. I replaced the ECU, replaced um, intake rail, that, and none of it fixed it. None of it, you know, none of it was a problem. And then on an oil analysis, but we can't know whether or not they're being honest about the oil analysis because the oil analysis results that they said the car had were completely inconsistent with what the car was. So I just call bullshit on the whole thing, and I just think that there's a bunch of people working at the particular Fiat dealerships in question who aren't qualified to be mechanics. And so their answer is, expensive job you don't want to do. You're going to go away, and we're going to go work on the easy thing. They're giving you the fuck-off price. Give me the fuck-off price. Exactly. Yeah, I just did the same thing. We had a van. Yeah. We took it in. Six or seven times for the transmission. Yeah. And then the like 70,000. Yeah. Like 70,000 in one mile, oh. the transmission fails. We take oh, it in and we're fuck. like, we've been in here for six, we've been in here six times. Yeah. To tell you that the transmission's been like not, slipping right. and not it's doing not good. Right, not shifting yeah. right, whatever. Sorry, but you're out of your warning. Yeah. No, no. no matter what you do. That's the way they acted with us, and I was yeah. pretty pissed about it. So it's one of those ones where. I felt like, as a customer, I was wronged. I was as wronged as I could be wronged. And uh, they returned the car to me in that condition, and I had no problem returning it to them in their used car department. I love it. <laughs> so, you another Fiat, I hope. No. I got a Hyundai. <laughs> Hyundai! Hyundai! Elantra SE. 2016. With 4,800 miles on it. And Ten year, 1,000 miles. Nine years, three months left on the warranty. Yeah. And 95,000 miles left on the warranty. That is a very good warranty. I think that's a very good warranty in a six-speed transmission. And it's honestly, for a four-door sedan, it's a lot of fun to drive. And as far as I'm, if that thing had a fucking El Camino conversion package on it, it might be the perfect car ever. Because I actually like driving a Camaro it. conversion package? A Camaro conversion package. Uh, well, you can get that. You just got to put the, the eyelashes. Yeah, you just put the eyelashes on the front. And, you know, rainbow flag seat cover should be good to go. Oh, the, uh, pull the plug on the sucker. We're at almost two hours. Let's do All it. Right. Let's yeah. wipe it out. Dun, 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 oh, back the truck up. You know what? There's, you got to leave this. You got to remember, folks. You gotta drive fast and take chances. Liza can't make the airbox all night long. Lick in the airbox, lick in the hairbox. 